You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Robots Radio presents... Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. This is episode 49, and you are listening to the season finale. And tonight, we welcome a talented streamer from the awesome Last Rights Gaming. He is a Crucible Slayer from the UK, Hunter Main, live on Twitch, 
and YouTube guardian of all trades, we welcome LR Enigma on the show. We're going to discuss Destiny 2 Beyond Light. We're going to talk stasis. We're going to talk the state of Crucible. And we're going to dive into the latest news from Bungie. But wait, there's more. We also have a very special guest host tonight. We welcome our very first guest. He is an awesome individual, Warlock Main, Veteran Guardian, now on PC, frequent Redditor. He is Anthrax455, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. Warlock main? Come on, man. Are Come you on. are you a Titan main? <laughs> yes. <laughs> in a room full of hunters. Are we are we in a room full of hunters? Well, that's good. You know, I can't seem to get it right. We're gonna make a meme. Hunters are the um, best used to be there's going to be a meme about this. We're, we're going to make it. Was, the best, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Hunters. I like that. Absolutely. I like that. <laughs> and my goodness, Shadow Price is back. What's yeah. Tell me, how are you? I'm doing good. You know, it's uh, it's kind of funny. You guys are going to laugh at this, but I've been doing a lot of Ring Fit adventure lately. You know, because uh, they some gyms are open, I guess, around me, but I don't think the gym I go to is open yet. So I've been doing the, the ring fit thing on the, for the Switch. And I guess I've been doing the equivalent of 3.25 miles every day. Jesus. And burning Jesus. like 230 to 250 calories. So, you know, oh, man. I'm just, uh, yeah. So I'm just also trying to watch my carbs too. Because, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting a little older now. And I just want to, you know, still look okay. Everything a little older, a little wiser. Oh, dude, you look fine. You look fine. You look like you're 30. What are you talking about? But yeah, so I've been just doing that, like, and you know, playing Destiny when I can in other games. Uh, so yeah, just been so incorporating. Are you all doing that. Ring Fit while you're playing Destiny? Because you would get brownie points if you. Could that would do be that. pretty cool, though. It, you know, Bungie, are you listening? Like, make it interactive, like thing for Destiny, like where you can just run around, shoot. You know, like even VR like mode or something like that you know that would be really cool but no i'm not doing it while i'm playing but do you, do you remember that guy who set up a uh guitar hero drum set and did the crota raid you could do something oh. like that. <laughs> uh, yeah Dude, you should do that. yeah we're, we're gonna talk about november maybe maybe we'll do something <laughs> new we'll, challenge we'll, we'll talk new challenge <laughs> so i i got some news cornholio bought a thing I feel like I feel so spoiled, but I, I did buy a thing again this week and um, I got an arcade one up and I've been wanting an arcade nice. one up for a long time now. And finally, there was a slick deal last night and I got the notification. I clicked on the link and surely enough, it was in stock. And I was like, you know what? This thing is going to be mine and I know exactly where I'm going to put it. So uh, it's coming on Sunday and um I'm going to be putting together an arcade on Sunday, so I'm pretty excited about that. And um, I will keep you posted on how that goes. You got the Space Invaders one, right? I did, yes. Space Invaders, and it was only 150 bucks. So, score. It was a win. Good price, And yeah. it came with a weird combination. It came with a copy of Battlefront 2, Star Wars Battlefront 2. <laughs> I, I don't understand why... Who decided 
it was going to be a good idea in their marketing department to give me a copy of Star Wars Battlefront 2. They're just like, here, take it. Yeah, that's the, take that's it. the old Star Wars Battlefront 2 that, that was on PlayStation 2, yeah? Yes, yes. They they, they don't give you the new one. They, they give you the old one, yes. You looked out with that. That one's so good. That one's absolutely, absolutely amazing. Well, took some serious hours into that game. For sure. Okay, so, hey, maybe uh, it's a win-win because maybe I have another game I can check out. And also, I got some sushi today. So that was pretty good. It was pretty, pretty good sushi. Not bad. Not the best, but, you know, it was pretty decent. Now that you mentioned PS2, I, I got another confession to make. Um, I actually made another purchase, too. Uh, what'd you buy? Uh, I don't have a PS2, but I saw something on Woot. You know, the PS3s, the first, like, PS3s that were available with the PS2 engine in it, the Emotion engine. Um, I was able to get one for a decent price. So now I have a PS3 that finally plays PS2 games, basically. Oh, nice, man. Play all so, those, uh, the old Final Fantasy titles. Yeah, I popped in Final Fantasy twelve. Like, right. Yeah, and I was like, and it worked beautifully. I was like, That'll oh, this is time. awesome. Yeah. So it's a good deal. So I did make that purchase. Well, I pre-ordered the, uh, the third volume of the Destiny lore anthology today on Amazon. Oh, nice. That's I didn't awesome. know that was my purchase of the week. Yeah. Okay. releasing in late November. So that's pretty sweet. quite a while. I mean, it's, it's not as bad as my, uh, what is it called? The analog pocket? I'm not getting that for a year. <laughs> oh, insane. man. That's long enough that when it arrives, you'll, you'll have completely right. forgotten about it, right? Yeah, I may, <laughs> I may have moved on to a new place. <laughs> We'll see. Hopefully I can change my address if that is the case, but we'll see. TBD. I mean, the device is super cool. I want one, but I don't know. I, w I probably won't be able to get one until they're on mark that, you know, available, actually available. <laughs> and, and hey, Guardians, I have some more great news. Mr. Monkis, who is an incredible artist, I got his art in the mail today. Dude, it is so money. It's incredible. This man is so talented, and uh, you should all check him out. BrianMonkisArt.com. We're going to put it in the show notes of this episode because amazing, amazing creator. I'm not getting paid for this, I promise. I'm just supporting him because I think he's amazing, and I got his art, and this weekend I am going to find some frames and put up some new art in addition to building an arcade, so that's going to be fun. And uh, we have some news that came out. I don't know if you all heard, but Joseph Staten yes. is now officially a part of 343, and he will be leading the Halo Infinite project. Hopefully he can get that thing back on course, man. If there's anybody absolutely. that can do it, it's yeah, him. Absolutely. That's so, Halo is. I mean, I don't. I don't know if I'm like considerably. Uh, I, I don't know what the ages are here, but I'm. I'm 26. So like, Halo was like the. When I think back to like my my childhood of shooters, like Halo is the absolute staple. Um, so I, I am praying that this next one is very very strong, and seeing the backlash that was there, um, was worrying, and then seeing the delay, I was kind of relieved because I, I just want them to get it right, and then seeing seeing him come in, I'm just like. Phew. Please, please go in, work some magic, sprinkle some gold dust, make it amazing, please. 
Yeah, it's that and Cyberpunk for me are two games that like they can leave those in the oven as long as it takes. Honestly, absolutely. It, it takes five years. I don't care as long as when it releases, it's it's what we want it to be. Yeah, definitely, one million percent. I mean, it's kind of the same with Beyond Light. Like we were, you know, they, they turned around and said they were going to delay, and I feel like the entire community just collectively went, "We don't care. Just make it good." Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, they couldn't have picked a better guy to you know lead that project to hopefully get it to where it needs to be in a, in a state that's way better than it was when they debuted it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was kind of it was worrying to see that, and I think some of the, some of the, don't get me wrong, the gaming community can be overzealous, and some of the backlash was probably unwarranted. But some of it was like, well, we are waiting for like the next massive step for Halo to take, and this doesn't look like it. So. Yeah, I feel like 343 needs, you know, they were a little lost when it came to like making a good Halo game. But with Joseph State in there, you know, the basically the writer on like the major Halo games, like yeah. I, I think, you know, the game is game is in a lot better hands now. Yeah. yeah. And and I do I do hope they take their time with it. I, I don't really want it to come out in 2021 because it sounds to me like they have a lot of work to do. And I'd rather they take their time, get it done right, not have to overextend the employees and overwork the developers and just get it out when it's ready. You know, I think that would definitely make life so much easier and make it a lot more sustainable for everybody. And we do have some more news. As to Cross made a video and it was a good video it was about the beyond light predictions and some of the things that took place when he attended a live bungee event yeah did, did we all watch that video did anyone get a chance I, to catch that i didn't get to see it. i kind of like woke up open twitter the daily news as it is and basically just saw an absolute hellstorm that had broken uh, of people going going at him, I feel. Um, so I, I kind of caught up on that through friends. Uh, so unfortunately, I didn't get to catch up on it. I know, I know like bits, but I'm really curious to find out exactly what it is that everyone seems to be so very upset about. Yeah, it was a weird one, right? Because if you, if you watch the video, he doesn't actually, you know, no, nothing that he's saying there, uh, I don't think is particularly a kind of egregious breach of confidence i i don't i don't think he's revealing any massive secrets that we didn't at least already anticipate um so just for anyone who hasn't seen it it's it's effectively talking about the the real purpose behind the destiny content vault right and the idea that they're not vaulting content for disk space they're vaulting content because they need to fundamentally overhaul the framework upon which that content is built Right. So hmm. the idea it makes sense with the next yeah, gen absolutely. consoles. You know, they got to they got to bake in consoles. new lighting. They got to do ray tracing. Like, what if this engine that they, they were doing using before doesn't support it? You know, so, I mean, it's like it makes sense that they're making adjustments and, you know, to the engine. Like, yeah. And actually, if you look up, you know, one of the reasons, uh, if you remember when they when they announced that Prophecy wouldn't be around next season and would be coming. Technical update. Season, there you go. Update to the way that activities yeah. work within the game. Right. And that seems to support 
what Astacross is talking about in that video, right? They, they are fundamentally changing the foundational systems upon which the game is built. Just look at stasis. Like, yeah, absolutely. Look how involved that subclass is. Like, look how much animation. Is, yeah, and is with some with effects to enemies that we've never seen before, you know, th there is all kinds of things that it looks like are changing about the that game. That video you sent right. me on Reddit, I could tell with my own eyes. I could see, like, how, like, involved that subclass is and how it fundamentally changes, like, the game. Did, did he actually do anything or say anything that is over the line? Because as far as I can tell, a lot of this stuff is stuff that we surely already suspected if not had basically had confirmed anyway like i seem to be struggling to find a i'm gonna say this i think that you can tell from his from the tone of his voice when he was talking about that specific event he seemed a bit unsure if it would or would not break nda okay. i can understand where some people would feel offended or if his ability to be invited for future events would be put into jeopardy because of this. I would not be shocked if that was the case. However, that being said, do I think he said anything that would negatively impact Bungie or their bottom line or revealed any kind of secret information? No. It, it, it's kind of common sense that they're going to remove things from the game for a purpose and from a technical standpoint it would make sense for them to do that in order to rebuild and you know create for the next engine for the next generation of consoles that's right around the corner so that makes total sense and if anything the video that asked cross made it kind of demonstrates bungie's commitment to making the game better i mean for fuck's sake they talked about keeping things in the game for eight hours just just talking about that one thing i mean and then that if anything demonstrates how committed they are and how much they care about making the game better so if anything i, I don't think the video that he made negates anything that bungie is doing or puts them in bad light i think if anything it shows their commitment to making the game better and they're making tough decisions because i mean shit getting rid of at least 50% of the game, it's not an easy decision to make. And I don't think Astacross deserved the, the, the mob mentality that he uh, received. You know, I don't think he deserved it. Like, you know, people really deserve it. hate mob coming after him, you know, just speak. Yeah, I just I don't understand why people like feel the need to do that. You know, it's See, like I didn't know about that. So so what exactly happened? He like there were members of the community that started to. Yeah, basically like harass him and things like that and uh, try to cancel him. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of especially yeah. from people as well who were like big content creators that you wouldn't expect it from. Um, yeah. I think I think some people uh, when they look back on this are going to be disappointed with themselves overall and like how they've behaved yeah um, there's an element of it as well which is you know any anybody else who attended that session who you know didn't speak out about what was discussed as across has now broken the lines right and you know from a, from a fundamental kind of monetary standpoint he's got the views out of that information you know so th there, there may even be a bit of kind of latent jealousy going on um yeah 
just just in terms of kind of who's broken that news. It's old news now, right? Nobody else can 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 use that information um, at least as successfully as he has. But yeah, I think fundamentally the interesting thing about it for me was that it it reinforces the idea that we we probably aren't getting a Destiny three like ever. Um, it it seems like they want to kind of fundamentally overhaul sections of this game as time goes on and uh, just continue to reiterate on on what we already have, which I'm totally fine with, by the way. Yeah, I'm totally down for that. I'm, I, I 1 million percent absolutely would love that. And if they need to keep taking bits out and putting bits back in and reworking them or whatever the whatever they're planning on doing, fine, do it. Like, build... I always yeah. feel I always feel like Destiny has been a a massive case of so good but so far and it's constantly just minorly missed little marks and I think that if they were instead able to build something over a longer period of time than being rushed to get out the next title and the next thing maybe they'll finally start to actually hit those marks that we know that this Bungie team are capable of. Exactly. Yeah, no, I I agree and I think me and Shadow Price have talked about this pretty extensively in terms of, you know, Bungie really needing to take the time to build a bigger game, a more flushed out game, because right now they're fighting a battle that's not sustainable. They they can't keep up the pace of creating content all year round and then expect to have a major expansion out or, or a whole new game out every single year. That's not sustainable. I, I think that in the long term, it would be great for them to be able to build relationships with other studios where this seasonal content can be maintained through maybe a third party you know so that Bungie can focus on the core big title that they should be focusing on and I think that would maybe be a good thing for them to adapt in the future but Bungie's on their own they don't have a publisher they don't have the relationships of being able to pull in Vicarious Visions or High Moon Studios or other developers that can help them. But I, I definitely think that it, it could be an answer to sustaining Destiny as an ongoing experience and providing that plentiful experience in between. Yeah, for sure. I'm not sure how, how, how far I buy into the, uh, the argument that, you know, Bungie are not capable of building sufficient content by themselves. Um, I mean, they 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 did it in in, in D one. You know, D D one. You know, you look at Rise of Iron. They spun that up in a year because they had to push D two out, and that, in my opinion, is the best expansion in the history of the game. Um, yeah, no, I I agree. But you got to remember, they also they've got people working have... on other projects, right? That's that's the the truth of this. Is, is you know, we know that they have a project in the works with with NetEase. Um, the IP, I believe it's Matter. Matter. Is it called yep. Matter? Yeah. Yep. Um, so that you know, there are other things going on at the studio, right? Um, and we just have to accept that. But now, correct me if I'm wrong. On, on correct me if I'm wrong here, but NetEase is not a developer. I don't think they have developers. Maybe I'm wrong. No, they're a Chinese publisher. They're, yeah, they're a Chinese company. They're owned by Tencent, I believe. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we'll we'll have to wait and see. And we know that. Xbox now has a partnership with Bungie, with Game Pass Ultimate, with Beyond Light. So that's another opportunity that's there. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And speaking of Xbox, 
their competitor, PlayStation, they released something really, really recently, like a couple days ago. There was an email that I received at around 5.30 in the evening inviting me to pre-order the upcoming PlayStation 5. Did anyone else receive that email? I'm not Hollywood enough to be getting that email. No, I mean, Definitely yeah. not. Yeah, I received it too, actually. <laughs> that must be something to do with being on PlayStation Network, right? I haven't had a, I haven't had a Sony product since PS2. Yeah, I think it has a big to do with that. They want to see... Obviously, me and Corn, we were on PlayStation. We played a lot of Destiny 1 on PlayStation. Right. And my kids still play on PlayStation. So they see me logged in like all the time. Mm. Um, so that's probably one of those things. And they see that I have bought stuff on the store many times before. Then I've been a PS Plus paid subscriber for a long time too. So what are we thinking about about the console war this year? Oh if man. You had, to, you had to head your bets now. Who would you Right now, this is the biggest game of chicken I've ever seen. Like, yeah, I still, I still edge PlayStation. I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sure what it is, but just something about like their proven quality over the years for me just says that, like the Xbox with that. If you take away their Game Pass, I feel like you. Sh- I'm just struggling to make a case. Yeah. So like, on one side, you've got yeah. world beating exclusives, right? Mm. And on the other side, you've got a slight edge on the hardware and the Game Pass proposition. Yeah. And it is, it's almost 50-50, right? It's really hard to call this time around. I think last time it was, it was more clear, I think. Um, yeah. I, I have some theories about this. I think in terms of exclusive games, I think Sony has the leg up because I think they have better exclusive titles right now, at least in the first year, right? I, I think eventually Xbox will catch up, especially with all of the... Studios and yeah. buying out and bringing in, so I think that they have enough talent to make some really awesome things happen. Yeah, because the next Fable game is going to be big. Like a I'm lot of people. About the new but but in the first year, I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn two. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's going to be a big title. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's even remotely true. I just get this kind of feeling from it, but I really do feel like Xbox are really throwing everything at this like they know they need to claw everything back and i just think if they get it wrong what does that mean for xbox i think if it if it doesn't work out for microsoft again this time around i genuinely could see them just doubling down on pc gaming yeah you know what? I'll, I'll be completely honest with you if xbox fails nothing happens you know why because xbox has yeah, so much money microsoft. Yeah. and it just Absolutely. doesn't matter it's not going to be a loss that's project. going to really matter and honestly I think they are positioning themselves to not fail because they have a cloud infrastructure that now Sony is starting to rely on. Yeah, and if you put that if you put that son of a bitch on Switch, oh my god, look at look at look look at that explode. Like if you put Game Pass on having the cloud infrastructure that Xbox has, it puts them at the forefront no matter what the hardware is. Their business isn't really to sell you hardware. Let's face it. They're not going to make a profit that's really huge off the hardware. They're making the money off the software and the subscriptions that they're selling you. That's how they make the most of their money. So based on that, I think the hardware is going to be there. It's going to be available in limited quantities. But at the end of the day, that's not their core business model to sell you hardware. With Sony, 
that's different. With Sony, they don't really have a subscription program that they really rely on. Xbox does the Game Pass, and it's a very compelling option too. Uh, it's a pretty good deal. But I think that's a pretty major consideration to take. That's the thing too. With Sony's hardware, like you know, PlayStation is actually helping Sony Corp out because Sony Corp is almost, they're not failing, but if without PlayStation, they would be. Exactly. Absolutely. And it's not the same way for Xbox. I, I promise you that. Microsoft has money. Oh, they have a lot of money. But we're going we're gonna to kick things off here. We're going to talk a little bit more about LR Enigma. We're going to learn much more about him. We're going to put him on the hot seat tonight for our discussion with the Guardians. So Enigma, I hope you're ready. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's kick things off. So the first question we have for you is tell us a little bit more about yourself and who you are and what you do. Um, I, <clears throat> I, um, as my stream will know, I am a, um, in terms of my destiny involvement, I've been through pretty much every single ring that's kind of involved in destiny. And I still don't know where it is that I want to be. Uh, I've done tournaments. I've done trials carries. I did a gambit tournament. Um, I've done, I'm now getting into PVE high level stuff. I've literally done a little bit of everything. I've been on furlough for quite a few months and um, I've been streaming 30 to 40 hours a week during that time. Uh, I've started doing some YouTube stuff on the side as well, which is uh, mostly been Valorant, but now it's going to start to be a mix of Destiny and Valorant. And uh, yeah, like I, uh, I'm, I'm big into esports, but also big into like uh, community and um, just having a great time gaming with, with uh, people who I, who I want to spend time with. That's awesome. Very, very cool. And now, when did you start playing Destiny? Uh, I started playing like the, the, the day Destiny 1 dropped. So I, um, I was very good at gaming when I was a teenager, but my mom told me to focus on school. She said there's no money in gaming. Um, so I stopped gaming from the ages of about 16 to about 21 came back into it with destiny one i heard you know the hate the old halo maker was making their own world i thought that that's going to be incredible picked it up so that i would stop going out on university nights out uh and um focus on my studies and yeah basically i've never really looked back since since that day i've, I've barely spent I, I i've many times tried to pull away from the series and it never works so i'm just going to accept it these days and i uh, just head deep into the destiny scene very cool. And what is your favorite activity in Destiny and why? Uh, see, this is the hard bit. This is the so if you'd have asked me that question this time last year, I'd have said one million percent sweats in the competitive scene. If you'd have asked this question a couple of months ago, I'd say um the competitive Gambit thing that I'd done was probably the favorite thing that I'd ever done. And then now I'm really, really enjoying learning how to um, min-max and run these really high-level PvE challenges that I had previously really underestimated. Uh, I'm really loving, like, for example, figuring out how all the mods go together, how everything stacks, how you build things. So at the minute, my my excitement definitely lies in trying to take on these crazy challenges that you've seen other people do in the scene and just 
work out how to how to do them and work out how to try and do them as a hunter by the way because so many people move away from hunter when it comes to these things but i really want to try and figure out how to like get everything i can out of my my hunter class did you uh did you do a solo flawless prophecy have you uh, well, so that's for next week. That's next okay. week's challenge. So um, basically, I tried I went... on my hunter for a long time, but ended up having to do the warlock, uh, the devour lock build. Just, it, I think uh, I think very... I'm gonna run the. Um, I think I'm gonna mix it up. At one point, I'm gonna run um, celestial, but at one point, I'm gonna run the like endless invis build, where you just invis shade step, yeah. invis shade step, and just tree, keep yeah. maximum mobility. Yeah. Yeah, basically, and just just pick off things over time for now. So that's like maxing out your strength, probably, and then having a few uh, of probably what what exotic piece would you need to put on? Well, that? you can you can go sixth coyote if you want to, because obviously that double dodge then kind of artificially gives you that endless smoke. Um, but mm -hmm. if you manage to, if you, I, I prefer dragons, uh, dragon shadow, because dragon shadow, if you yeah. If you time things right and you really focus on your um, making sure that every time you have the shade step, you smoke, because you could shade step, smoke, shade step, smoke, shade step, smoke, build up the heart of the pack, right? So then you get your damage ticks, which is plenty of things in Prophecy to get a lot of damage ticks from your grenade on. And you can just constantly rotate and cycle like that. And Dragon Shadow will give you the extra buff of being able to just reload and DPS so much so you don't you don't lose out on that as you would with six kot so i think i'm gonna go down the dragon shadow route gotcha interesting well these are have some you, good, uh, good tips sorry man have you uh have you been doing the grandmasters has anyone anyone been <laughs> not yet dude like i i am like 10 65 light uh, like okay. i am i am not ready light wise uh i really want to like that's definitely an end goal but i um yeah I, I i know like there was a thing today that came up and everyone was like oh you could go and cheese the grandmaster night for you you've just got to kind of go and envision yourself all the way through and then sit in a corner and the boss can't touch you and i'm just like yeah but i i also can't touch him so that's yeah, yeah it's a unfortunately video, yeah yeah <laughs> so we we i i got my got my second conqueror yesterday um and we uh we we tried that for hours the the kind of full invis run through the entire strike and then mm. uh, and then hide in the in the shield it's real tricky like it's esoteric makes it look easy as he does with everything um yeah but uh yeah it's it's rough um but yeah those grandmasters are i mean they haven't actually put a huge amount of effort into into creating that content uh and it it shows as as you play through them um they they have effectively just kind of put the contest modifier on and doubled the champions, um, and it it plays out a little oddly at times. Your your revival gets stuck in a previous loading zone and it will automatically boot you to orbit things like that. It's it's not it's not a polished piece of content, but they're mm. very satisfying to finish. I got a thought. So with the Will Crota strike coming back in Beyond Light, and would they? add the grandmaster to that and could that be interesting especially if the loot gets better too I'd, like i would play grandmaster on will crota i will do that because i love the destiny one strikes like yeah i, I fully right. expect dude that's gonna be a horrible strike though oh my god it will be the yeah the boss room will be insane on grandmaster to listen yeah. to that horrible scream over and over <laughs> and over again my god dude yeah, yeah. 
I just hope we get Grasper Malik back. Oh, oh we were talking about this on we were talking about this on stream today. Like if if they brought back strike specific loot that was actually worth mm. any yeah. salt, it yeah. would be like you would you would rev, like bring back a whole new lifeblood to you 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 would, you would basically like revitalize the strike playlist. Yeah, the strike yeah. playlist is in a really bad place at the moment. And I've been the last couple of weeks actually I've been playing Destiny One uh, on Xbox because friend of mine who we met on, on on pc when i made the transition to to pc never played destiny one but uh, obviously as we're entering a content drought now in the lead up to november wanted to go back and try all the destiny one raids so we've been playing through for the last couple of days to to get her up to light so that we can kind of do the raids next weekend um cool. and doing the strike playlist it's amazing like it's <laughs> between oh, stri yeah. strike scoring the medals um in strikes all of that stuff just adds longevity for me like trying to get your score up and trying to kind of run through as quickly as possible that's great and the skeleton key system to farm for specific yes. drops that you want between those two things it's just so much more engaging than it is yes yeah. i 100 percent agree with you no i yeah. agree with that. The, the skeleton key system is it was fantastic it's one of those it's another one of those questions of like why did you Take mm. this away. Yeah, like, it's one step forward. So Animal synthesis. <laughs> Why did you take this away? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want an Amago loop in Destiny 2. That's what I want. Yeah. 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 Now there's plenty of weapons I'd love to see back. Um, even just like, you know, as a as a streamer, like I didn't do it back in D1. Um, but like just like the idea of just being able to grind over and over and over on this same piece of content and it actually be worth my my time and it'd be fun too yeah yeah because yeah. like every time that thing drops if you see a purple come out you're like oh let's What's go the wall is it and like yeah you know yeah. and then it ended up becoming that meme as well about like two blues and you know like it yep. was it was just worth your time whereas nowadays i'm kind of like well i can't bother doing that strike for the nine thousandth time because there's no particular reason and I'm going to say it also, too. I mean, no, I know it's the little things, but bring back the post-Carnage report, like in Crucible, like at the end of the Crucible match, and you can see, like, right at the end, and it shows what everybody got. Like, yeah, you you know. it was great. Yeah. Yeah. One, of my, one of my viewers actually made a fantastic point, and he said about, I hadn't actually noticed that it's not there, but he said about, like, in Destiny 1, when you loaded into strikes and stuff, you'd get, like, a pre- strike spiel like they talk to you about like the and build the yeah. world around this like and then they talk to you through this strike yeah because they don't do that apparently anymore and he's like that feels like i'm just entering a strike for literally no reason now there's mm -hmm. i'm not here for any purpose apart from just to try and get something to drop from a boss yeah it's it's that what part of the connectivity you know the connected world like it we felt connected you know yeah it, it, it was special yeah, yeah no, it does absolutely. feel like playlist activities have have fallen by the wayside in their priorities. I mean, I remember I was talking to a friend about this the other day. I remember when they first created Gambit, and I'm sure you guys will remember this as well. They talked about how there was going to be a, or there was already in place a Bungie, a Gambit team to to regularly update the sandbox <laughs> for Gambit specifically, and also to create new maps and new nuances on the game mode specifically, and. I think three months after that, they changed all of the all of the blocker types. Because um, if you remember, I think 15 used to be an ogre, and now it's a, a knight, for example. Um, yeah. And they released the two new maps, which they've now taken back out of the rotation. Um, and since then, Gambit has been exactly the same. Hasn't changed well, in over a year. 
this this i mean it's weird because this is another topic that we were talking on like and i think it was literally today and we were saying like i think like for example let's say beyond light drops right instead of them releasing 20 new things and being like here's all this amazingly cool are you allowed to swear on this podcast <laughs> yeah. oh go for it uh, amazingly cool shit like that you have instead you if you just like focused on your three core things and made them extremely deep instead of giving me 20 shallow things i'd be way more invested if you had for example like pve strikes right bring in something instead of instead of like just saying oh there's a strike that you can do go and do put layers into it so you've got the strikes you've got difficulties you've got modifiers you've put put in okay well what about grinding something for a weapon faction or grinding something for an actual like faction like a new monarchy or something like that what about adding more depth to these things so that it's like okay well nowadays it's not just a strike and i feel like if you had that for like uh, PvP and you had that for Gambit, like they had these core activities that were super deep. I feel like not only would that be something that Bungie would be able to look after better rather than just constantly chopping and changing new bits in and out, I feel like it would actually make more sense to players. Like if a new player comes into the game, they're going to be so lost at the minute. It's like, oh, well, I have like Gambit, but then I do, I, I do like one thing and then I go over to a strike and I do yeah. kind of one thing. I've kind of seen everything like really and they're supposed supposedly they're uh overhauling new light again in november right um because i agree with you that the new player onboarding experience at the moment is horrific i tried to get a friend in um recently and they start at 750 light you land in the tower you don't really know why you're 750 light you land in yeah. the tower everybody's got quests for you there's a million flashing nodes all over the uh all over the director and you know, you get directed to Amanda Holiday. She offers you four legacy campaigns, which, yeah, they're great, but all of the drops in them are completely irrelevant. Well, yeah. they said it's going to be an expanded story, or it's going to be expanded, basically, because they're not going to have those campaigns. Those campaigns, yeah. uh, like the three they're of them. Planets which are the, going away. They're going to be gone, yeah. But here's the thing. They said it's going to be an expanded mission. They didn't say it's going to be an expanded campaign. There wasn't any verbiage. Or that expanded new, they said expanded new light experience, I think is what it, they said. It sounds like it's going to be more than what we had for the introductory experience the last time around, but don't expect a campaign on top of that. There's not going to be anything like that. It's going to be maybe two story missions that are going to be including some of the things that we've already played from the past, you know, but I, I don't think it's going to be anything significant. Yeah, and I get what they were trying to do this time around. They've effectively said, well, we want people who come in and start playing the game because their friends play to be able to play relevant stuff with their friends straight away, right? And I get that. But at the same time, for me, it's like, I don't necessarily see a problem with saying to someone, you know what, if you if you want to do the latest raid, yeah, you've got to spend an hour, maybe an hour and a half playing the campaign, understanding the core systems, understanding the universe that you're playing within. I don't really think that's a huge ask. And most other games will, will do that as well, right? My assumption was that as well on, on this uh, extended campaign or whatever is that they were just going to use the assets that they're going to bring back from the Cosmodrome. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a slight rework of the Destiny 1 new player. Experience. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Because the Stranger is back now. So, yeah. yeah. So this was really interesting, speaking of the strangers. So, again, playing through D1 campaigns with uh, with a friend of mine in the last week or so, playing through the Venus missions, 
and uh, seeing the the moment where you speak to the stranger initially, and she turns up and the whole you know little light thing and all the rest of it, um, contextualize within within what what is now coming, it suddenly starts to actually work within a, a, a storyline and make some sense, right? It's, it's it almost feels like a single evolving world, yeah, right? It's as if they were thinking about it the hmm. whole time rather than just making it up as they go along. Um, like that whole thing with uh, what's his face. Uh, um, Aldrin coming back and Absolutely. possibly popping out of the Cosmodrome, out of one of the uh, containers, shipping yes. containers. Well, they know. seem to be designing the story in a way where they can reuse assets from five years ago as effectively as possible, right? They did <laughs> with Season of the Undying. We had yeah. that cutscene that we know was created like House of Wolves time, um, and it's you know it's very clever the way that they're doing it to to make the best use of the assets they have and also tying the story together from a sort of disparate mess into something that actually makes sense. Yeah. Um, this is well, this is another thing on like the 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 depth over shallow approach that they just need to go with like I don't need there to be like for example the entire Destiny 1 campaign was let's introduce you to the hive, let's introduce you to the vex, let's introduce you to the fallen and then some random woman's going to hand you a gun. Like the what they they could have done I mean like I would much rather have seen an and considerably less actual time span of a story but with way more depth and i i'm really hoping that at least now they're going to i i, I really don't mind if they just collapse back to like all these old assets as you pointed out I, I as long as they start to like okay well why should we really care about the stranger what's going on there i don't want to read it from a law tab i want to know about it in game i want to experience it i want to be connected to it like if they can do that, then hey, use all the Cosmodrome assets that you want to do. Do you think they'll do that? I mean, it'd be nice if they did. I, I, I don't know. Like we're, we're how many years in now and we're still asking this question? Like, and, and yeah. I, don't get me wrong, they're getting better at it. Like 1 million percent. They're getting so much better at this storytelling stuff. But part of me just sits and thinks my cat has just sat on my girlfriend's PlayStation and turned it on, which is very interesting. Um, <laughs> but part of me just sits and thinks like, surely like somewhere along the line, someone wrote a story out and thought, well, maybe we should have tied this bit back in before they had to play for five years. Like, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Like I, I really hope that they, they, they continue to develop their storytelling process, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't hold my breath on it either. I think that's that's fundamentally the problem, right? And I totally agree with you. The, the, the issue is that, that when Destiny 1 was released, it was a cobbled-together story pulled, pulled together at the last minute. With, from it's because they, the re- they had to reboot the game. They had to rewrite, exactly. <laughs> because so, the main writer... is trying to make sense of something that, that never made sense to begin with, right? <laughs> the, My the heart super, sobs. The mm. supercut that Joseph Staten had. You know, yes. and presented it, and then they're like, "What's this?" They they wanted a more. It was they said it's too linear. Yeah. They wanted they wanted it more open. You know, absolutely. But, I my my heart my heart like my my soul like ache thinking about like what it could have been like if we exactly. had this yeah really yeah. interesting story like we should like for example right like one of the things that really bugged me when Destiny One first came out was we're supposed to be this race or like group that have like been smashed into the earth and we're struggling and then like first mission it's like oh here's a spaceship go off to the moon it's like what like aren't we going to defend our home aren't we going to like take over the lands near us and try and take the earth back or none of that like are we not like it just seemed like a total skip of everything 
Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, They've spent like, five years trying to retrospectively make something that didn't make any sense at all make yeah. sense, right? Yeah. And I think do I do think they are getting there. They are getting there. It's a story of improvement, and they're working from a broken foundation. Um, yeah. But you know, all all the Forsaken stuff is is great. All the the development of the Awoken, Mara, Aldrin, the Ahamkara, all of that stuff is brilliant. And all of the stuff from Shadowkeep returning to the moon, making that make sense retrospectively, and the darkness coming in, all the Garden of Salvation lore, all of that stuff is is brilliant. And if if they continue in the vein that they're in, and continue to put as much of the lore, as you said, Enigma, in the game, as opposed Mm. to in articles on web pages, they you know they they will continue to make this more of a developing world, which is exactly what. Well, that's another thing that, like, I try, I like, I pull, like, I've got a couple of, like, uh, real life friends, as I call them, who want to, you know, who, who have always wanted to get into the Destiny story and stuff. And then they're just like, they don't, when they come and play it, they're like, I don't understand anything that's going on. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's because you need to go and load this thing on the PC yeah. and then scroll through all these pages. And they're like, I'm not going to go and do that. Like, absolutely. Not, you send them a three and a half hour buy video. Yeah, well, to, like, Bife has a voice that I want to have sex with, so that's okay. But, um, but my, like, the it's without those videos, I genuinely feel like 90% of the Destiny community would, like, n- have no clue what's going on because these, these story lore tabs as well are written in a way that's kind of like, it's like trying to string together a silk thread. It's so hard to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the lore in the game is really awesome and really amazing, and they do a really good job writing the story and writing the lore. But I think the problem they face time and time again is actually putting it into the game. And I'm not talking about grimoire cards. I'm talking about actually putting it into the voice acting, putting it into what you're playing. And I think that it would enhance the experience if they were able to put more of the story into the game itself. And it would definitely make everything better. But sometimes you have to set appropriate expectations because they can't do everything. And it's been very clearly demonstrated time and time again. Yeah. 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 And they, but well, they're getting better. So hopefully, hopefully, Beyond Light is the reason they've delayed it is because they have got this absolutely blockbuster of a campaign that's about to come and blow our minds. And we're all about to look like morons in a couple of months. So, yeah. so Enigma, I got to ask, what has been the biggest challenge for you as a content creator this year? Um, <clears throat> I moved to mouse and keyboard and it did not take at all. Uh, nowadays, I love using it in PVE, but I... I had a, a horrible, horrible time trying to adjust to it in PvP and it very negatively affected me, my mood, my general st- stream performance, like definitely my in-game performance. I mean, Jesus, my trials KD went from a 3 to a point two. Um Ooh, That's literally what? the figures. Yeah, yeah. I oh, couldn't man. do anything. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 in a way, I don't regret learning mouse and keyboard because... Um, it's a skill there to be learned, but I highly regret my timing of it. I literally moved the week trials came out. Um, I highly regret um, 
not just sticking with my controller and um, playing because I, I just got to a point where I was just in pure frustration, like purely like my, my I was just a bag of bits. Like I, I'd spent all this, all this time, um, you know, as a you know guy in his twenties who'd spent a lot of time, you know, despite working and having relationships and everything else, I had practiced and practiced and practiced and improved to a, a high level in tournaments and trials cars. Like I helped over a thousand people easily in Destiny One, and what? then that's like, insane. Well, yeah, and then and then I I literally come on to I, I'm six months in and I'm like I feel like I'm barely even average and I just it I, I went through a long period of and process of being like I just hated playing and streaming so yeah as much as the move to mouse and keyboard is something that i encourage other people to do if they want to do it i would i i very much like warn them first of the experience that i went through and just say like look if you're really good with a controller and these games make sense to you on a controller stay there like they because otherwise it, you, you're trying to it's like if someone was to ask you to unlearn English. I don't even know if unlearn is an is a word, but like we're going to stick with it because that sure. But is is if you go into learning something new, then it's like oh, this is great, this is amazing. But when you're trying to like undo years of grind to then regrind on top, it's it's just this absolute mash of a mess that I just did not get on with at all. Yeah, I, I you know I think for me it's interesting because. After two and a half years, three years of being on PC, I'm still using a controller. I still have not gotten comfortable with using keyboard and mouse. Mm. So, and, and I have a pretty good keyboard and mouse. It's just for me, I can't, especially with anything competitive or any kind of like end game activities, I can't do it. It's the, the I mean, way that you jump and move. It's just really hard mm. to get used to. Like my keyboard and mouse like have colors and everything. And I was told that added some aim assist, so I don't even know what the fuck I bought. Like I, <laughs> I really love like there's something about holding a controller in my hand and like when I'm lining up a shot or like I played puppeteer as well and I play inverted. So um, these things are like they just don't transition well. They don't change over very well. Um, and so for example like every time i would slide every time i'd go into a gunfight i would slide a corner but then i'd like click to stop and click to stand and click to crouch within a quick movement and then so when i first started playing mouse and keyboard <laughs> i started like accidentally smacking my mouse button on the, you know the wheel the scroll wheel i'd like crack the top of the scroll wheel with my finger thinking that was like clicking to crouch and obviously your scroll your, your scroll wheel has nothing to do with crouch unless you've remapped it so yeah i just ended up stood there half the time swapping weapons in front of everybody oh my so. god yeah that happened to me all the time <laughs> when i tried to do it too yeah, yeah so frustrating yeah you slide a corner and you're like sup fuckers let me change my gun about the next 90 times in three seconds and it's like <laughs> oh great i'm dead <laughs> went through that for about two months that's great as well, controllers are just better on Destiny. Like the aim assist that you get on sniping is insane. Yeah, no, I totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah, like well, the shadow price stronger on PC with a controller than it does on console. Yes, one thousand percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now I know shadow price uses a PS, uh, not PS, uh, a Nintendo Switch Pro controller. I do. So you use a Nintendo Switch controller. I use my Nintendo Switch Pro controller. Yep. To play Destiny with on my PC. And I absolutely love it. It's my favorite is, controller. It's actually a really so nice controller, the Switch controller. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm gonna it, Google this. I don't even know. It's, yeah, it's slightly smaller. Um, than yeah, the it's Xbox probably or... like it's slightly. It's right around the size of an Xbox One controller. That's okay, like, yeah. yeah. And I, I just love the way it feels. Like it. It doesn't have analog triggers though, but that's not a problem because it's not like a racing game or anything. So yeah. it's just like you know, yeah, it's a pull. Yeah. Exactly. And I just, I feel like I, I just, it's so comfortable. I love it. And the way I play, the way I could use it is I have this eight bit do um, adapter, USB adapter, kind of like a, a dongle that I plug into my computer and it just automatically syncs up and boom, I'm using my pro controller on the PC. I've been using, I've been using a Xbox elite for five years of destiny. Ooh. So it's, it's too okay. late to stop now. Absolutely. Too oh nice. yeah. You got all really? the paddle. How do you like that? It's muscle memory at this point. It's really great. I, I, honestly, the the new elite in particular, um, it's more hard wearing than the old one. Um, I went through two of the old one in a year and a half, but the new elite uh, is is pretty good so far. Um, but yeah, once once you've once you've got the muscle memory of where everything's mapped to the paddles, so I have. I have uh, A, B, X, and Y mapped to the back paddles, so you never have to take your your right thumb off the right thumbstick. That makes sense. So you can, for example, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I use a scuff. Things. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. similar setup, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, right now, I'm I'm using a PS4 controller. Although I have a Nintendo Switch Pro controller, and I have a 8-bit do, but it doesn't work. It hasn't worked since my birthday because Shadow Price actually got me. And eight bit do, but it doesn't work. So um, yeah, so I've been pushing through with a PS4 controller, but next gen consoles are coming out, and the Xbox Elite controller actually sounds pretty tempting. So yeah, highly maybe I'll try that out. New Elite, and it, it obviously it works on on the new Xbox when that comes out as well. Definitely. So Enigma, what do you do when you're not streaming or slaying in the Crucible or Gambit? Um, I, well, I've been on furlough since, um, May. So, um, honestly, I, 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 I go to the gym now, but I, a lot of the period of time I haven't, but yeah, I go to the gym. Um, I have a girlfriend and if I have any spare time outside of the gym and content creation, that goes to the girlfriend, um, because that's the way life works. If I want it to be very peaceful. Um, and otherwise, like, I just, I love to watch esports. Um, consume other people's content, um, and then and then uh, yeah, I'm gen- I'm interested into general generally any sport. Like I love football, Formula One. Um, I'm and esports in particular. I go to a lot of events, so it's particularly Call of Duty ones. Um, at least at least when obviously we were allowed to. Actually, this weekend uh, it was Call of Duty champs, and a bunch of us all went to a friend's house to watch it. So that was really cool. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, and the new Call of Duty game actually just got announced like last week i want to say right yeah it did yeah uh cold, well it was like was it two days ago cold war yeah it looks really really good like i'm really excited for that one continuing the the black ops series basically which has been an absolute staple throughout call of duty history so yeah, really good one yeah i think for me i i kind of fell off the call of duty bandwagon i've been very heavily involved in destiny and now Cyberpunk is coming out. So for me, it's like I haven't really gotten interested in Call of Duty in quite some time. The last one that I played was like Call of Duty. What was it? Call of Duty Ghosts. 
I mean, and that's like so many years ago. Yeah, that is a, that is a while ago. Yeah. Um, I still have a collector's edition from Call of Duty Ghosts, and I know Shadow Price has one too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you guys talking about the uh, the Cold War? Uh, the, yeah. What was it called? Duty Cold War. Yeah. It looks really good. Like, and I'm a kid of the '80s. Like, I grew up, you know, in the '80s. Yeah, I'm an old man. Um, so. <laughs> It hits home with me with Reagan and the Cold War. Like I'm, I'm excited. I, I will actually probably get that Call of Duty. Yeah. I can imagine that is kind of cool and immersive in a way. Yeah, yeah. Black Ops storyline, you know, it's some of the best writing in video game history. Certainly, Black Ops One, Black Ops Two. Like mm. the, the stories are incredible. So, I, I believe the uh, the playable character is Woods, right? From yeah, Black Ops. 2. Woods and Mason. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, see them go back to that after. You know, see, I think the last again, I've fallen off the Call of Duty bandwagon, same as same as Corner. The last one I played was the one with the now uncomfortable Kevin Spacey cameo. Um, <laughs> but uh, is it I, Infinite Warfare? It's that inf- or Advanced Warfare, maybe one of them. I don't know. They're all yeah, Advanced Warfare, one of the jetpack um, ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exoskeletons and jetpacks. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Black Ops storylines are still for me some some of the kind of standout video game writing. Um, yeah, of the last decade or so. Well, I was I was a teenager when the original Black Ops came to, came out, and like my my period of grinding like Call of Duty heavily was, I'd say from Call of Duty four through to like Black Ops two, Modern Warfare three. So I can't imagine the hours I put into Black Ops one and two. Like they were such great great games. Um, yeah, zombies. Not, was not like just zombies. Yeah, zombies was out of this world like, it was so good zombies. the last the last really good couch co-op experience for me was was yeah black ops 2 zombies yeah so good. oh man i agree. totally agree totally agree i miss black ops 2 zombies i think that was the best implementation of zombies and and i'll be honest i was that guy who purchased the season pass just for zombies yes, i did transit. not touch the multiplayer creepy's transit oh man yeah creepy's got it <laughs> You remember that map ascension where you had to go around turning on all the moon landers and then you yeah 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 the rocket and then that was who remembers buried the map where you had to like go to this creepy mansion and there Best were like map. these like witches that were chasing you i still get creeped out by that i'm sorry it was such a good map though you could set up some of the best trains between that and derise like you could set up some ridiculous yeah, trains. Amazing. do you remember that one wasn't there one that took place in in the Pentagon, and you were like, yeah, Jay and yes. Robert McNamara. And I, I was, I feel like that was a weird fever dream. Yeah, no, it was, it, it existed. And there was like weird, like labs where there was loads of like mutated zombie monkeys. Yeah, you had things. to turn up the DEFCON level <laughs> yeah. to activate the rooms. Man, that was amazing. Hmm. Really good. Some good memories. Yeah, you know, I, I really hope they bring back awesome awesome zombies and i mean you know what it's not fair because maybe black ops 4 had good zombies but i just haven't given it enough of a chance there's black ops 3 zombies and i don't know if cold war is going to have zombies i don't think so the zombies in the in the footage they've released oh there was i think so yeah huh okay oh it's black ops they gotta have zombies you know it's just staple and right i think the last the last card didn't have a campaign. Yeah, this one's got. Uh, yeah, that uh, that's why I'm excited. I'm excited for this campaign. Sure. That they. Uh, I'm also looking forward to it from a competitive standpoint because Black Ops Four was really good, really good to watch. 
um i know i never played but it was really good to just watch like it was just fit very very well and i hear Warzone's a lot of fun too even too from what i'm hearing like and they're yeah. going to incorporate Warzone. And Warzone, into Warzone is the free-to-play battle royale, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's it's really good. Like, but it's um, I I I don't know about you guys. I I hate battle royales. Like, I cannot get into them. I I don't mind Apex. I I can play Apex for a little bit. It's but not the I, genre for me. Apex is my favorite of of all of them, but I, mm-hmm. I love the I love the Titanfall two gameplay. So yeah, Apex obviously fits into that. When, when Respawn announced Medal of Honor and not Titanfall three, I, I cried a little bit at my desk. Yeah, yeah. but like the I don't know. I think it's the downtime in battle royales. Like I'm just used to like Respawn run and gun games, and I just find it so like I don't know. It's weird as well because it's like the age of battle royales. Like I remember me and my friends were all on Fortnite before it was well fortnight like and yeah. um and we were just like oh this is this is just kind of boring and then it's like and there's so many war zones a really good one apex is a good one as well but it's just like there's all these games that have come out and clearly made a lot of people's careers and a lot of really good experiences for people but it's just like me and a bunch of my friends are just like we just i don't know like it's it's got i think it's that downtime i think it's that constant like Okay, I'm gonna spend nine hours looting to get in one gunfight, and it's just like yeah, it's the, it, it, yeah. The genre is inaccessible to me. I think for me, it's just that they're so formulaic. I mean, it it is literally the same thing every time. Yeah, know? every yeah. single game across multiple games, basically all of the games that released in the last two years have have that element in to some extent yeah. or another. Right? Yeah, they have like um exactly. like Hyperscape is released now, and it's like I'm just. I'm just, they're like, oh, we've got this new movement pattern. It's like, well, yeah, that's great and all, but like, I don't know, Apex has great movement and better gunplay. And then other ones, it's, it's just one of those where it's like, I don't want them to keep releasing these these battle royals where it's like, oh, look at this new gimmick that we've got going on. It's like, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Give me, go, go, go back to some proper shooters for me, please. Yeah, agreed. I've always been a sucker for a good narrative campaign. And, you know, I, I struggle to justify buying a game unless it's got a story that I can get stuck into. Still, Creeper, Creeper mentioned Fall Guys, and yeah, that's uh, that one's taken off right now. Yeah, it has absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what what is this Fall that Fall Guys game? I, I, I hear a lot about it. You were jelly bean, and now it's got really big. Remember that show MXC from back in the day? It was mm-hmm. uh, basically a bunch of people running through obstacle courses, and you know, don't get eliminated. That was like remember, the tagline. I remember Wipeout. Yes, I remember Castle. that. Yes. Yeah, it's it basically on, like, like Spike that. TV. Yeah, it's okay. basically like that. <laughs> huh, okay. But you're a jelly bean and they're but, fucking adorable. <laughs> yeah. The right I mean, The game is absolutely blown up on Steam right now. Yeah. And all over, so. Well, they played the Tim the Tatman marketing thing very well. Very well. Whoever the whoever the social media manager is for Fall Guys is getting yeah. a big bonus this year. Oh, Devolver, like they they yeah, they're they got a hit. They have a hit yeah. in their hands. Like oh, is there a Devolver well. game? It is a Devolver published game. Yep. Oh, Devolver I didn't know that. Devolver. That's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. Oh, GG's. That's awesome. So on that note, Enigma, I'm curious, how much time have you quote unquote wasted on Destiny? <laughs> well, I, I saw this in your uh, in your uh, pre notes beforehand, so I quickly Googled it, um, and it turns out that on Destiny One, I did one thousand four hundred thirty-one hours, and Destiny Two, I'm doing nine hundred forty-eight hours. 
Um, so yeah, just what not far shy of two and a half K hours. God, my mom would cry at that. Um, but yeah, I um part of me is like, wow, that's a lot of time. Whereas part of me just is like, I feel like I've played nothing compared to what a lot of the people I know have played. Like I know people that have played like 10 hours a day every day for like Me. most of the yeah. that's the one i'm, I'm yeah. jealous of you dude i'm jealous i wish yeah. like i i would play like i'd get like 10 to 15 hours a week back when i would do tournaments like i'd, I'd be playing these tournament games and it's like i'm a 23 year old man who had 15 hours this week to practice i don't understand the people who were playing like 20 hours a day and like still like struggling i'm like dude if i had 20 hours a day to game i'd be i'd be insane right now i'd be i'd be like doing lines of g fuel off my desk i'd be i'd be nuts <laughs> right now like, but no, i'd be all over the place yeah i have like over five thousand hours in uh destiny one <laughs> like i'm well, jealous though i'm jealous it's pure jealousy it's absolute jealousy like yeah god, god i wish i had that i time. mean i raided and and then at the end i played so much crucible like i i still liked the crucible because i was playing trials you know up to the end i guess no, I the only thing say. i will say to be fair is i did a lot of recubs so like account recubs so a lot of my time probably isn't counted for because it's not on my account oh uh, uh, okay. yep yeah i just checked mine i'm coming up on 5k in the whole franchise so across d1 and d2 which is Okay. Yeah. Wow. Look at you go. Okay, so <laughs> and I'm just checking my stats. For Destiny 1, I'm at a combined total with deleted characters at 3000 hours. You're only 2000 away from me, Corn. <laughs> just just shy of shadow price but he, he played like a madman and this man has four kids i don't know how he did that but anyways i digress in destiny 2 i have 181 hours on ps4 don't get don't freak out i was about to say right and i have 1632 hours on steam wow now does this include BattleNet? also i'm curious I don't know if it does. Didn't they reset that clock, reset that timer, like when they switched over to Steam? Like, because when I switched to Steam, I noticed when, it, like, that first day or two after Shadowkeep, it said I only had like 20 hours. And I was like, oh, okay. So they must have reset the timer, the clock, or, you know. Can you, you can exclude platforms on Time Waste on Destiny, right? So you can, presumably, you can check. I don't know if you can do that with Steam and Battle.net, but they do allow you to pretty much segment it by... No, actually, wait a minute. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't think they're going to let you do it, unfortunately. That's okay. Well, it's quite a bit of... It's more than I expected, actually. 1,600 hours, that's a lot. Not as much as I love your movies. That man's a machine. Oh, my God. Shoutouts. <laughs> If he's if he's in chat, uh, I love your movies. If you're in chat, let us know how how much time have you played Destiny Two on your account. I'm I'm curious. And on that note, Guardians, now that we know how much time we wasted on Destiny, I'm curious, uh, Enigma, what is your favorite movie of all time? Oh, Jesus. Um, 
Well, I feel like I should have like a really like edgy answer to this question where I'm like, yeah, it's this one. It makes me sound really cool. But honestly, probably just Avengers Endgame. Like that payoff during that film was like something I've never seen before. And I, I can only hope to see again. I sobbed about five times during that film and I am not a crier. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely loved it. I don't know. There's lo- there's loads of films I could throw in there. Like that's hard, but like it's yeah. Avengers Endgame like was just the culmination of all that time period. So good, so good. Yeah, I yeah. think for me, uh, I would say my favorite movie is probably it's not that dramatic. It's Wedding Crashers because it's funny as shit, and I I love that movie, and I can oh. watch it like a hundred times. It's between Wedding Crashers and The Hangover, because I think The Hangover was pretty hilarious and awesome. Good film. Uh, but those two movies are pretty up there for me. Yeah, good funny films. Oh. 2739, I love your movies. My goodness, the man's a machine. Well, I'm surprised that he doesn't have, like, triple the hours that I have in the game. But it just goes to show how efficient this man is, because... He's now season rank 200 plus. I'm still trying to get to level 90. So I got a GG. I'm working on it. Uh, but uh, we're, we're going to get there. But I digress. Now, Shadow Price, do you have a favorite movie that yeah. you want to mention? Yeah, it's, uh, it's Shawshank Redemption. That's, uh, Ooh, that's a really good movie. Shawshank Redemption. Man, that's great. okay. Yeah, it's just that movie has everything. That's, like uh, that's, that's a really good choice. I yeah. like that. That's a great movie. You know which one I also thought about? Fight Club, Requiem for a Dream, and American History X. Excellent, excellent movies. Yeah, Requiem. All controversial, too. <laughs> Requiem's an amazing movie, but I defy anybody to watch it twice, right? Like, it's, it's one of those films you should definitely see, but I'm never going to watch it again. <laughs> So upsetting yeah it's it's uh yeah it's quite the quite the watch <laughs> yeah mine's uh memento the first christopher nolan movie i don't think i've ever seen that one you haven't seen yeah. that go watch it it's amazing it's uh hmm. yeah obviously christopher nolan's well known for these big kind of twisty epics um memento is his his first movie and it's kind of the most stylized uh it's got the best script out of all of his films, I would say. Um, just an incredible premise. I won't give too much away because you should watch it blind, but absolutely watch it. I'll have to remember that one. Yeah, definitely have to check that out. I have so many movies I still have to watch. It's insane. I'm still going through all the Batman movies, and we just got the new one announced, so hopefully I can get that all finished before the new one's out. So on that note, Enigma, can you share a Destiny community story where you had to fight the odds and achieve something awesome? Um, yeah, uh, it's picking. Um, honestly, like the 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 trials period that I went through. I know, like trials, people get a lot of bad names. Um, because there, there are a lot of well, assholes out there, a lot of like ch- childish, egotistical human beings who do that stuff. But there's also some really great people. And um, uh, one of the stories was um, 
that I always think of when I think back to that time period was how there's, there's two like I'm literally fumbling over which ones to drop in my head um yeah one of them so I I helped I helped a man uh carried him and then he reached out to me and, and we were probably like late into into Charles's life cycle at this point like we were very late into Charles's life cycle um and and Charles was basically just the just just I don't know, you kind of assumed that everyone had been flawed at least once. But then this this man who I carried told me, you know, asked me would I mind helping his nine-year-old son as he'd never been flawless and he would try and go every single week. And um, it, we tried that. And, for, uh, and f- like the, the young lad was, it wasn't, um, wasn't uh, the best, uh, unfortunately. And we, we really struggled the first day to get him through. And then we, you know, we, we said, oh, okay, we'll come back tomorrow. Uh, I reached out to a friend and we spent about eight hours trying and, and got him the flawless. And he like, he was like oh, crying and really happy, which was already lovely enough. Like you get, you get that quite, you get that quite a lot when you do well, you used to anyway, when you used to do trials carries. But then the best thing was that his dad messaged me on Facebook about three days later to tell me about um, how he'd been telling everyone in school. And then when, they, his friends had come round the next few days. Like they, this young, I think his name was Jacob. I, he'd been like, um, like he, they, all him and all his friends were sat around the piece, and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went flawless. I was in the lighthouse, and like, look, and like, sh- like showing them round like the lighthouse and stuff. And it was like, it was like that was super cool. That was such a heartwarming, fulfilling moment and and time that I I absolutely loved experiences like this really make it all worth it and it really shines light on a totally different side of the destiny community like you have you know in competitive multiplayer especially a lot of competition right naturally you have a lot of players who are just trying to be the best and you don't always see the positive side like this so i think that's really cool to hear stories like this. And um, I usually, I mean, if, if I ever go flawless in trials, I usually get carried. Thanks, Reb. Um, and I, I didn't go flawless this last time, but I did actually play trials last week with him to try to get my seven wins in Solstice armor. And I normally would never play trials. Like, this was literally my probably second or third try at playing trials when it came back this time around so i normally don't play it that's just not my thing um but it was really cool to play with him and to res people i guess because i couldn't get kills and you know what i think the problem was i was getting fucked over because i was under level because i've like 10 10 points under level so not only am i a scrub but (laughs) the damage that i am dealing it's not doing jack shit, so I'm getting double fucked. So here I am trying to get kills. I can't yeah. do anything. I Don't can't do anything. Um, it was tough. It was tough. Um, but, you know, it was a fun experience. I definitely got carried. And, um, you know, it was, it, was a fun, it was a fun experience to have, but it's definitely not something I would do on a regular basis just because, you know, it's not my thing. I don't do trials. Yeah. I'm not good at it. Like my elo is terrible. Probably like 0.5, if even that. Um, although in comp, I was doing pretty well. We we did play some comp, 
and I I had some kills. I had like seven, eight, nine kills. You know, that's respectable for me. So I'm pretty happy about that. Shout outs, Reb. Thank you, you so much. Appreciate you enjoyed it. That's the main thing. Like, you know, it's, it's trying to get a pleasant experience out of the crucible these days, especially when you're in PC, is quite hard. So if you're enjoying yourself, then all of them are power to you. So what would make the Crucible experience better on PC? What what would fix it? Do you do you think that the problem happened when the Switch came from Battle.net to Steam? Um I know I know that we're going to go into like uh competition side of things at some point and like and get on and and get into that stuff and like uh, but I am super passionate on this stuff so I can kind of get a bit lost in it so let me know if I do but um cheating because of the Battle.net Steam thing was is a massive problem, like an absolutely huge problem. Like I hopped into Crucible today for the first time in a very long time. And uh, we played four games, I think, and two of them had people using aimbot. And it's just, it's especially when skill-based matchmaking takes over, um, the, the, I, I, the, I know there's a constant... Um, debate in the community about whether skill-based matchmaking should be a thing but when you're like when your skill-based matchmaking is quite harsh you start to see the amount of cheaters that are there and it is really really bad yeah it's demoralizing too you know it's like you're playing yeah. and and then when that happens it's just like why why even bother yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> well, I mean, we we had one once, and I, I, it became I, I became actually quite funny because it was like, what do you have to do? And like, we were playing against one team in trials. Um, we'd been like, it was my first trials card in ages because I'd been playing off playing Valorant and come back, and we beat Wish You Luck on the way through, and we were like, oh, this is a great first card. Like we've five old Wish, we've we've had this great run all the way through this card. We've not we've barely dropped a single round all the way through, and then we matched a team of cheaters and we lost. And then we were like, okay, well, mercy, we'll just go. And the next game, so this guy that we were against basically just showed how many cheats there are available to people because, like, we won the first two rounds, so he he went from just having walls to then having aim. Then when we were, it was, then they went 4-2 up and we pulled it back to 4-4, four, four. so then he just turned on, like, literally being able to fly around the map, like, like a wizard. Like, it was just like, okay, so this person is literally just switching on the different things when they need them. And you're right, it's so demoralizing because you're just like, well, like if, if, if me and my friends are struggling against that stuff, I'd hate to think how the average Destiny player finds that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's unfortunate that you have players in the community who have to resort to cheating and ruining the experience for other players. And I do hope that Bungie is able to figure out a way to fix this, you know, mm. because moving to Steam, I think that, you know, in some ways it was cool to have Destiny in your primary game collection. But at the same time, it did cause some weird things for me, like my friends list has never really been the same mm. people in my clan. I can't really like friend and, and play with. It's weird the way that Steam has their friend profile system all set up. They have friend codes, just like Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but, um, 
I don't think it's anything we can really do anything about. It's just the nature of the beast. Once yeah. we lost Activision, we also lost Battle.net, which looking back, I think it was a more stable platform, to be honest with you. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. Can't do much about that. So Enigma, I gotta ask, how do you build the perfect crucible killing machine? What are your loadouts? What are the perks? What are the mods? How do we play on your level? Um, so I, I'm still a, a hand cannon human, although I, I will say, actually, I'm starting to lean towards SMGs because they're incredibly fun. But um, I'd say uh, one of the things that people need to really do when they assess like what weapons and stuff they're going to use like is to really assess the play style that they're actually best at. Like people... There's this weird thing in, in Crucible, uh, sorry, in, the, in Destiny where people um, kind of don't appreciate the different qualities that players can have. Like some people play better with a pulse rifle because they're better at assessing things from like being able to see everything in front of them. Um, and I'd say like if you're uh, looking to go into Crucible and improve, I'd say you need to very heavily like watch back your footage and see where you're strong and then build from there in terms of your weapon choices. Um, and then from there make sure that you have set up a very high recovery like you want to be trying to hit nine or ten in recovery it will change your life like if you are one of those people who's running like a three because you don't really think it matters and then you change you're, you're gonna see so much more survivability it's insane um you want to run at least four resilience and then after that, I tend to go mobility, but it's, it's, it's up to you, really. I wouldn't bother with intellect because what I would do instead is say I'm sniping. I'd put remote connection into my boots, I think I'm right with saying. Um, and then, yeah, make sure that your, your mods are properly done each time because they make an insane difference. So your enhanced targeters, your enhanced loaders. Um, if you're one of those people who because i know there's some people who don't really see them being that much of a difference maker but honestly try playing with them for a bit and then take them all off and you realize the difference that these these mods make um and then i, I don't know like are we talking like a specific mode are we talking like i don't know maybe trials for example or yeah let's talk about trials because trials is a really difficult activity and a lot of people are probably trying to do trials right now because they're trying to get their seven wins, they're trying to get their moments of triumph completed and their solstice done. So that's going to be a good focus. Yeah. So in trials, like one of the things I like that you absolutely have to make sure you get is first pick. You have to like I I'd, I'd hate to know the win percentage numbers, but in for example, Call of Duty, the the person who gets the first kill in a game of search and destroy that team goes on to win over 70 percent of the time so and i'd imagine that's just as high in destiny um and i'd say like the the people who want to set up the loadouts to be as effective as possible in like i mean i know there's a lot of like people using swords and three peaking and to be honest like as much as i hate it if other people are going to do it do it um but i would like absolutely set yourself up with something long range because then if you win that for like you're always going to end up in a long range fight for first pick anyway but if you do die then the chances of you being rezzed are far higher than if you're for example a shotgun person who's flown into the enemy team and gotten themselves picks like it makes a, a massive difference to the, the the success rate of your team 
That's really a good, good point. Advice. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And uh, on that note, Enigma, what is next for you going into this fall and going into 2021? Uh, I'm I'm trying to like master PVE, if you will, master um, like these high end challenges, and then getting myself ready and prepared enough and experienced enough to take on World's First, hopefully in November. Uh, it's a it's an ambitious goal for someone recently moving from PVP focus to a PVE focus, but hey, aim for the aim for the stars, right, and hopefully get somewhere nearby. Yeah, brother. Yeah. And you know, it's funny you say that because I've been on a mission to also try to start looking for a group to do the world's first. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not expecting any major things, but at least I'm expecting to get a day one completion to get the raid jacket. And uh, I, I definitely think getting the flawless crown and all the menageries done, that definitely motivated me a bit, and that kind of showed me that, you know, you, you can do this. You got this. So me and Shadow Price are going to be looking to put a group together for that day one raid, and I'm already planning the time off at work to make all of it happen. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I've booked the week before off, and we've got five out of six of our, of our opening night team um, ready to go. And nice. Kind of theory crafting builds for the last couple of weeks, uh, and I put together one that I really, really like for opening night raid. Right, so it's uh, it's a charge with light build, and I hadn't messed around with those too much to be honest. Um, but it's uh, protective light, um, stacks on stacks. So protective light uh, re massively reduces the amount of damage you take once your shield is broken. Uh, and consumes all your stacks, so it gives you like 10 seconds of huge damage reduction after your shield's broken. Um, so massively more survivable. So that with uh, the charge with light mod that gives you charges on uh, orb of light pickup. So obviously, if you're running a masterwork weapon, orbs all over the place. Um, and fallen barrier from the uh, from the scourging fast raid as well. So across that whole build. Um, basically unkillable by by fallen enemies uh, as long as so yeah super excited it's 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 the first time that we've had an opportunity to really build build ahead of an opening night raid right um so yeah really, yeah dude really that's really awesome yeah yeah it sounds like a very good build yeah you're you're crushing it right now like you got a group together and you got your build man you're you're way ahead of me well i'm running out of stuff to do man i <laughs> Just trying to figure out stuff to keep myself busy. I hear ya. Now, Anthrax, what is your season rank at Ooh, uh, in Destiny 2? So I stopped picking up bounties after 200, aside from weeklies. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Oh my god. When you get to 20, I, I only pick up the weeklies after that, but I think I'm at 283. What? Oh my god. What? Oh, wow. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like such a scrub. Though. I feel like such a scrub right now. So I'm at I'm at season rank 86. I'm almost at 90. So I'm gonna get there. Yeah. Shadow Price, where are you at? You need to only pop them when you're in a fire team of six. That's my trick to get to 100. Uh, oh really? See, I've been just only getting rid of them as I go. Oh man, maybe that's my problem. 
maybe maybe my timing is off okay now shadow price what is your season rank at right now are you at? uh i last checked it was like 91 i think 91 okay so i'm like really catching up to you okay yeah i remember like a few weeks ago i was at like 50 it was bad it was really bad but i've i've caught up and have you guys been playing the solstice of heroes we i know that's a thing right now and we have mixed feelings about it yeah yeah i've been running i mean not like targeting it more just like ticking it off as it goes by um okay. I, I i'm not really gonna focus it because if it's anything like the previous ones as we're kind of expecting then they're gonna be the, those armor pieces are gonna be completely useless the day after beyond light drops so um i am not going to put all my time into into something that uh that is not going to be rewarding after about a week of having them so yeah so they are they they have the same max light level as all the season armor from this season so they will be relevant until next year but it's very difficult to get rolls above 60 on them like very yeah all my rolls are like 52 and 55 and 57s 58s um yeah. so i i have a compulsion to be the first amongst my kind of group of friends to get pve stuff done that's my my kind of thing so uh yeah i bashed out all three of the sets in like day and a half two days and i started with my titan before they made the change retrospectively to double and triple the progress on alts so i finished my titan and then had to do half my hunter at the regular rate of progress before they updated them it was rough really rough um and I burned out. I had to take a couple of days out of the game after after I finished my work. Um, yeah, it's it's a copy and paste from last year, right? In pretty much every way. Yeah, which is fine. It was kind of expected, but it's like don't expect everyone to throw themselves at it either. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah frustrating that they didn't give you a fully masterwork set this year. I thought. Uh, I feel like if you put in that much effort, you know, it's not going to break the game to give a masterwork set of fifty nine stout rolled armor. Yeah, it's something they need to re-examine. I think that definitely considering more the time investment that you put in and the reward that you're getting out, I think that needs to be readjusted a bit. I can forgive certain things with Solstice, like uh, the European Aerial Zone being pretty much the same, the activities being pretty much the same. I get it, you know, but at the same time, they could have given us a little bit more incentives to get those things and perhaps even make the glow that you get the ornament that you're getting comparable whether you earn it through gameplay or purchase because correct me if i'm wrong but you can't get the glow that's universal by getting it in game you can only purchase it through uh silver dust or silver and i that rubs me the wrong way that's true, although the, the white glow that you get from completing the armor sets, if you keep those armor sets, they will be transmogable whenever they introduce transmog, right? So, oh, really? Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, well, that makes it just a little bit better then. Okay. Yeah, just make sure you keep the sets in your vault because obviously we, we don't know yet how transmog is going to work, and Bungie seems to be continually refusing to tell us. I don't think Bungie right. knows how it's going to work, to be honest yeah. with you. So in the meantime, if you if you, if you want to keep anything any any looks uh, armor wise for Transmog, my advice would be keep that stuff in the vault as 
much as it is a pain, is a pain for your vault space, you don't want to end up in a surely something. Surely, <laughs> surely they use the collections tab I mean, that is like actually so, there to I mean, confirm it's been five years. It's been five years of expecting Bungie to do common sense things and then them not being able to do them because of some weird limitation of the engine. So, oh my I yeah, I think it's got to be a limitation. I don't think it's a matter of them not wanting to do these things. I think there's something there that's blocking them from being able to technically do it. Yeah. That's kind of, that would be nuts. Like, what would be the point in the collections tab? Like, if not to just prove that you've had that piece of armor and just put it in your, like, I don't know. That seems like the most makes sense way to me but fuck it i don't know I, I know nothing about developing so you're right i think uh, i'm erring on the side of caution and, and anything that i want to use for transmog i'm keeping it in the vault We've yeah been to before, right? so guardians before we move on to the next topic we do have a community question thank you gamer girl for your question uh what is each of your biggest hopes for destiny in the future what is our hope for the future guardians Hmm. Yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking the same thing. Oh my god, <laughs> Paul McCarty just gonna come down from uh, you know his high place and uh, just ser serenade us everywhere on our uh, you know when we're out and uh, killing the aliens in the world. Where Paul McCarty <laughs> thing coming from? What the? Uh, Enigma, to answer your question, if there was, <laughs> before Destiny 1 release, there was some promotional pushes that were being done, and uh, Bungie were probably actually uh, paid for McCarty to write a more song. Hope for the future. Hope for the future, you still find it. The video is one of the most <laughs> it sounds like I'm pretty good then. Sounds like my life is actually more fulfilling for not watching it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would probably avoid it um, unless it comes to the of it naturally. Yeah, uh, it's pretty embarrassing. It shows up in two places in the, you know, one in Destiny 1 in the old tower at the jukebox. Yep. It would play on the jukebox, you know, a little snippet of it. And then in Destiny 2, in the, what is it, the. Tangled Shore in that, yeah, in, in the Fallen Club, like yeah, it would uh, you could play it on that little deep box thing, or whatever as well. So let's so let's answer the question. What what would your hope for the future of Destiny be? Enigma, do you want to kick things off? Um, a well, I mean, there's two very particular things that I, I want, and I'm hoping that they come with Beyond Light, but they're probably not. Um, one is just like a story that we just drop ourselves into the same way we dropped ourselves into the Halo stories back in the day, where we would get completely lost with this incredible world and the mythology of it and um, the, the incredible people, whether it be before or now or whatever. I just really, really think that there's this amazing world that they're just not not making the most of and I just want to see them fully embrace it. And I don't I don't know what that's gonna take, but I just would love that so much. Um and then from a PvP point of view, I just wish that they'd give us some kind of like direction of what like do they care? Do they not care? Do they are they gonna 
like because they seem to like turn around every couple of minutes and say oh here's a renewed focus on pvp and it's like oh that lasted about as long as that twitch trailer did so that's good yeah so yeah those two things like if they could do those two things even if they turned around and said i'm gonna be honest we're gonna bin off pvp then at least put people out of misery like just do something don't um but yeah if they did those two things i'd be a much happier guardian for sure I'd have to agree with uh, with Enigma here because I um, I want like a thirty hour campaign, like you know, just give me a massive story, you know, kind of like one from like the Halo days, the old Halo days, but just you know, des- you know, with the Destiny characters in it, and just give me that plot, give me that story. But you, you know, know what the thirty like- hour campaign is going to be, right? It's going to be a mission, and then you do 29 hours of running back and forth collecting materials, <laughs> uh, yeah. and then you get one more mission to round it all off. Yeah, no, I just want a, I just want a very meaty story, you know, like, like something like, I don't know, akin from, like, one of the Sony exclusive games or something like that, you know. I know it's asking for a lot, you know, and I don't know if they'll ever get to that point. Uh, but I would like that. And also the, the crucible fixes too. I don't know. We're never going to probably get dedicated servers. So that's, that's just, that's a, that's a pipe dream, unfortunately, but I would just like, like PVP, uh, you know, to just have that. I don't know, just have some sort of competitive spirit, have like, you know, ranked like a true ranked. Oh, please baby. Playlist. Oh, <laughs> you're, you know? now you're talking my fucking language yeah just still like how halo had ranked and social you know that's the something's akin to that something similar to that i feel like we haven't yet stepped onto like competitive gaming discussion thing but oh boy am i like i'm starting like i'm like i'm starting to get riled up <laughs> yeah like uh proper ranks dear god mm-hmm. the things i would do i would sleep with each of the bungee developers if that's what they wanted <laughs> like jesus they're just well you heard move, it here over, on the destiny show move over deej <laughs> yeah, yeah. hi yeah. i'm deej from bungie hi i'm yeah. deej from bungie <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's gonna sound creepy in my ear as well so I, I gotta ask and i think for me it's probably the the big thing that i want I want them to use clans in a bigger way. I want clan wars. Shadow Price, do you remember what clan wars was back in Call of Duty, back in Call oh of Duty God. Ghosts? Like, that was what, fun. That was, that was really so fun. fun. And yeah. if Bungie can do something like that, I mean, that would engage clans. And Such I think that would revitalize. Yeah. It Literally seems like it would be a simple thing to do. Yeah. Bungie, if you're listening, there is a game that came out many moons ago called Call of Duty Ghosts. Clan Wars was incredible in that game. It was fun. It, it was the right way to do it. And I hope that you take inspiration. Yeah, map set up with the different activities you had to accomplish. And in, in those hours, you know, you had to do like search and destroy or domination or, you know, uh, hardcore TDM. And that was our bread and butter was hardcore TDM. You know that that's what we were known for. We were Diamond Division, though. We were we were at the tops. We had the Warcry ba- battle armor. Remember that Warcry? Remember, yeah, I yeah. remember that. We were like in the top three hundred in the world, like something crazy. Yeah, we were. And the cool thing about it is that the engagement during Clan Wars was 
off the hook. Everybody was playing PvP during that time, and all of the activities got love at different points during the event. So that was really fun, and I really hope that Bungie does something more with clans because right now it feels like it's a big missed opportunity besides the obvious things that we want. I would like a capture the flag game mode basically. Yeah, but they're they're not, they're not going to add PVP modes. They're taking stuff away. They're not going to be adding stuff for a while. They're trying to get their foundation down. That's what they're trying to do because right now the game is just unsustainable. It's too large. No, but just think you could do that. You could do that with factions. You could make the yeah. faction, faction wars. No, it know? would be great, but I don't see them doing that for at least another year. I don't see it coming this fall. I think we need to set our expectations appropriately going into this fall because otherwise we're just going to yeah. be setting ourselves up to fail. And, you know, and I think it's going to be a really fun expansion. I just don't know if Bungie can make it a large and meaty expansion just based on the fact that they're on their own and they're already struggling with the development cycle. So it's like, you got to be realistic. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think the, the, the clan point that you're making is a really good one. There is so much potential and scope in this, in this franchise to do something really unique and amazing with clans. And, you know, most, most active players are bought into the clan system in some way or another. You know that there is a there is a market there to release some content and do something really good, but that they just haven't quite figured out what that is. Um, they they have some amazing as well like opportunities in terms of like again going back to your uh, future war cult new monarchy dead orbit going back to your Omelons, your vices your like they and they've done nothing with them and it kind of like. I'm just kind of like, if they could nail the clan stuff as well as those factions that are supposed to be in the game, that's massive world building and immersion right there. You just yeah. need to kind of take care of them a little bit, like do something with them. Definitely. I think, so I have two. Um, one is slightly a joke, but also I'm really not joking. Um, so the, the first more serious point would be I want a consistency of direction. So I want them to figure out what they want this franchise to be and stick with it. Um, it, it feels like every year, every every other year, they have a, a new vision for, for Destiny. And the whole game, like a massive cruise ship, has to turn on a needle and accommodate that new vision. Um, and I feel like, you know, yes, if you if you pick a lane and if you say this is what Destiny is, you might lose five, ten percent of your player base who want it to be something else, but in all honesty, that's that's okay, right? Decide what you want the franchise to be, and and then develop in that direction. Um, for me, and then my my other one, which I am deadly serious about. Is- so, these are our thoughts, and I'm sure there are so many arguments we can all make for and against changes and additions to the game. But ultimately, we'll have to wait and see, and we will be playing this fall, this November, with Beyond Light. And on that note, I do want to pivot just a little bit and talk about something somewhat related, and that is the state of competitive gaming in Destiny 2 Beyond Light. And before we dig into Beyond Light, I do want to talk about the current state of Crucible and 
gambit with the competitive landscape with Season of the Arrivals. And the first question I have is, what do we all think about the Crucible competitive landscape today? By competitive, are we talking the sweat scene or are we talking competitive? We're talking about the sweat scene and trying to get something basic like seven trials wins done. Um, let's 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 start with trials. Trials uh, desperately, desperately lacks reason to play. Um, and I feel like there's some relatively easy ways of, of, of tweaking that, for example, giving um, a whole buttload of different cosmetics that could be available to people who take on trials, um, whether that be through rank up packages, whether that be through lighthouse appearances. Um, you know, you need you need you need to give players a a reason to play it. Um, and personally, I, I mean, this is a hot take, but personally, I don't think in the elimination mode is a competitive mode at all at its core. Uh, and I think that the um, I think that it's kind of burning out a lot with a lot of the player base. But the um, yeah, I think that I think that the, the the big trials issue obviously is cheating. I think that's your, your big problem there. Yeah, I mean Enigma. Obviously, you're far more knowledgeable than I am in the uh, in the PvP space. I'm a PVE guy, but I completely agree about about reasons to play. I, you know, when when trials were released in D2, we we spent you know a few weekends playing trials. I got my one flawless. I got got two flawless in 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 the first couple of weeks, and then I'm out. Right? Why do I need yeah. to do that again? Why do I need to put myself through that and give myself the aneurysm? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, and I feel like in terms of reason to play in D1, we used to play trials every weekend, and I was much worse at PvP then than I am now. Um, and you know, we would go flawless once a season if we were lucky, but we would play every weekend because we wanted we wanted flawless armor ornaments. I wanted to look as glowy as possible at all times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And adept weapons. You know. Yeah. And to be able to kill someone in quick play the following day, and flex with my adept doctrine. <laughs> Yeah, I, I understand why they don't do the, the adept stuff. It's the same reason as the pinnacle stuff. It's like the rich getting richer effect. But like, yeah. find a way of mitigating yeah. that somehow. No, you know, but, I mean, they, had, they had like snapshot on, you know, I mean. So, so yeah, so I, I think for me, if they created a mode where you can match make in trials, I think that in a way that could potentially maybe help. Because for people like, to matchmake trials. Okay. You know, so that way they can matchmake people who are really good, but maybe people who are not so good. So that way there's more of a balance in the game mode. But that would potentially create other problems, wouldn't it? You know, by having a matchmaking system within trials. Yeah, I don't think they're ever going to do that. I think, I think that... It, you know, it becomes even less competitive uh, if if you're playing against match-made teams and you're a full stack. You have the same problem that you had with the competitive playlist in the early seasons, where you just get stomped all day, and the people who are the, the people who are running stack teams have an easier time than they ever had before. 
you know, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm not point. necessarily against the idea, but I, yeah, I think you raised some good points about why it would be a problem. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough, and I don't know what the answer is. I guess maybe part of it is I don't play trials enough to know enough about the. Well, one of the things did, did any of you guys go and get scarab armor in D one? I did. I did get my scarab. Yeah. So does anyone remember how excited they were to show that shit off and like you know? grind for the scarab armor and the emblem and why you know you could put that back in and why stop there introduce a scarab ship ghost uh weapon ornament armor ornaments sh uh, uh, exclusive um shaders etc just purely cosmetic stuff and trust me people will grind for that like they will play hard for that and, and that's the thing man there's no loot incentive right now in pvp mm. you know you got the same old guns like in regular you know a quick player in competitive that you've had mm. since like the beginning practically and you know yeah like you said introduce some new cosmetics introduce like ships and you know, ghost shells and sparrows and you know and emblems like i feel like that would go a long way yeah and luke smith has has implied not said explicitly but implied that the the whole cosmetic balance of the game is going to change from beyond light onwards but the, the reason we don't have you know nice cosmetics and in-game activities at the moment is because they are all in eververse you know they, they all of the cosmetics go towards the the profit incentive uh behind eververse in the game now um yeah it's, and, it's, and that's been my issue with right. the game thus far okay. yep absolutely right um i barely play i've barely played trials this time around because of mouse and keyboard problems um and i have flawless i have every weapon i have every cosmetic so the people who have grinded it out every single day i'm just like i i don't know how you're doing that because there's no reason to at all I, I guess like obviously a lot of people make money from it from recovs yeah, and stuff these days the but really isn't it it's just I just imagine trials is effectively just two teams of three cubs against each other at all times by this point. You know? Yeah, because you've basically like you've removed any reason for the middle tiers to bother playing. So then yep. you end up with just this endless power creep where I mean I remember when I used to do trials carries and like I didn't even need to sit forward in my chair for the first couple of games. Like it was like, oh we'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Most of these people that we're gonna come across are gonna be pretty poo-poo um and then you then you get to like the later games and it'd feel like a tournament almost because you're like okay now i can feel it amping up in pressure whereas these days it's like immediately it's like okay you're probably against three people that teleport or three people that are sweating so hard i can smell them through my headset or <laughs> yeah. like just you know something like that so and as you say because a anybody who wanted an astral horizon or a summoner has has probably got one by now, really. Yeah. To be honest, um, so that whole group of people who just want to get in there for the good guns and never go in again, they're all gone. Yeah. And all the people who used to play for fun with their friends every week, the mid tier people, they're all gone because they just get stomped the whole time by yeah. cheaters or people with lag or incredible players. Um, yeah. And it just gets to the point where uh, you know, as I say, you've just got a pool of like. What a thousand teams just constantly playing against each other every weekend to make yeah. money out of trials. Yeah, well, the play count just continues to fall at the minute, doesn't it? Absolutely. Now, on on that note, I got to ask, what what do you all think about Gambit as a competitive game mode that was supposed to be? 
So I, um, you guys know who Benji is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So me and him are like really close friends. Um, in fact, he's one of the people who I spent my weekend with um, watching that Call of Duty game this weekend. And um, so me and him took part in that uk national gambit thing and i'd never played gambit before that like i i played it like a tiny bit when it first came out the casual version of it's poo poo um but the the version that we played in that tournament was the best destiny experience i have ever had by a long way it was insanely good and it didn't take a massive rule set it took a very simple rule set it took um it took it it just showed Destiny at its absolute best. You had the PvP PvE players doing their thing, and they you know would have some amazing strategies for ad clear and boss melting and timings etc. And would be able to really show off their skills, whilst the PvP people would be able to go and do their thing and feel like heroes too. And it was absolutely insane. And I it depresses the hell out of me when I sit and think that so few people are going to get to see that side of Gambit. Yeah, I, I always thought Gambit had a ton of potential as a mode, and unfortunately, they went about certain things the wrong way. I think the balance wasn't quite there because I almost feel like Gambit is too long of an activity. Like, it shouldn't last two entire mi- like match runs and then a boss like encounter i mean gambit prime is a better iteration of the game mode yeah almost universally accepted that gambit prime is is better than regular gambit um i think gambit running with a team coordinated all of whom are occupying the different roles involved in gambit is a completely different experience to hopping into gambit to do your bounties every week and yeah you know, it is literally a different game mode. If you go into Gambit with four people and you say you're the invader and you deal with blockers and we're going to go and, and, and be the Reapers and the Collectors, it's a completely different different experience. It's and amazing. And enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And with PvP being as broken as it is, did the problem become worse when the Switch went from Battle.net to Steam? Uh, are we avoiding talking about cheating this time? Because the the cheating, like the cheating that came with it, just accentuated every single problem there is in the game from a PvP standpoint. Um, because in order to counter cheating, people will resort to worse, more cheesy, less fun tactics. Uh, you end up with people doing literally anything to win because. Um, the the fun factor has been dropped through the floor, so that's all that's really left to to try and do. So yeah, it's it's I don't know if you don't come across people cheating, you probably come across a six stack who are so desperate for a win that they will do anything to to do it, and you end up with this really. I mean, the current meta is six ARs in your face with mountaintops, like, and those people will do that purely because like we made that switch and. Like, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if it turns out a quarter of the PvP population are cheating. It's interesting. And how do you counter that? Like, what do you do? Do you do you have any recommendations for what Bungie could potentially do to 
combat this? I, I know nothing about developing or anti-cheat. Um, but when I sit and I think of like all the games that I've ever played and all the games I continue to play and all the games I will ever play, I don't know if I will ever see such an imbalance of a studio as compared to their anti-cheat system. You know, like when you build your character in something like a, 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 a um, like a, an Elder Scrolls and you stick your, your power points on your character and you're like 19 charisma and all that crap. Like, I feel like Destiny went like 20 on gunplay, 18 on abilities, and then minus one on anti-cheat. I don't understand like why they didn't just save a little bit of resources for something that they so clearly would need. It just it depresses the heck out of me. Would dedicated servers help with the anti-cheat? Or with, with, you know, would that I help? I imagine so. Again, I, I know nothing about um, developing. I'd assume so from my very limited knowledge. But I don't think we're going to get dedicated. Like, I just don't see it. I just I, don't I, understand why they... <laughs> I, yeah, I don't understand like, why they're so against it. I just, I, I don't get it. Money, dude. Money. It's money. And it's it's because, uh, again, going back to the foundation they built the game on, but the, the game works, particularly the PvE side of the game, works uh, on interactions between devices back and forth with the servers in the middle, right? So... Again, they would have to completely rework the the kind of core architecture of the platform that they've built uh, in order to do it. I don't think it's I don't think it's as simple as just buying a building full of servers and just plug you know plugging them in. I, honestly, I think I think with all the fundamental changes that they are attempting to make to the game, I just I think it's I think it's a leap too far to assume. When they were with Activision, like you know, obviously the other Activision game had dedicated servers, Call of Duty, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why was, why was Destiny treated like the, I don't know, the, uh, the lesser son? <laughs> yeah, yeah I have no, idea. no idea. I think it's too, I think it's too late for them to row back now, though. Well, yeah. and I think part of the problem potentially had to do with the engine that Destiny was built upon, because I, I do yeah. think that Bungie is recognized. You know, PvP is important, and they don't want to give it up. They don't want to abandon it. But if you get feedback from the overall community, people are saying that Destiny is not a competitive game, and it never will be. That's that's what I'm hearing from a lot of gamers, and I think that they do want dedicated servers, but there are technical things that are preventing them from doing that. I don't know if maybe financial resources also because i mean they they are on their own but hopefully in the future they're able to bring it because it's something that would improve the overall competitive landscape i think i think it's i think it's to do with their to a certain extent naivety and inexperience on developing a game for pc as well like if you know you say what you like about destiny on console but you do not get paid hacks and, and cheats, outright cheats on console, at least not very often. Um, no, but you do get a lot of DDoSing. Lots of DDoSing, yep. Really That's bad DDoSing and really bad latency. Like, really bad. Um, but I think, yeah, the, the cheating element of it uh, is purely symptomatic of them moving the game to PC without a huge amount of experience of developing for PC in the modern world. And every time you ask them about an anti-cheat, they, they give like a, a non-answer, basically. Yeah. You know? yeah. we're, we're I'm, pre I'm pretty convinced at this point that half the community managers just have anti-cheat muted. 
like and just don't don't just don't read it don't look at it don't want to talk about it and yeah. i get why because people are so demanding about it but people are really demanding about it and i genuinely don't think they have an answer to the question yeah mm-hmm. so let's let's briefly talk about the time reward incentive in in the game because i feel like that's another problem with both crucible and gambit because every season there isn't a whole lot new for you to chase after i feel like there's a limited number of things for you to chase and they're arguably desirable besides a few of the exotics that you're getting so do you think that bungie can maybe improve upon the game by adding more weapons more armor into different competitive modes each season yeah i i think that um i think uh was it you anthrax someone brought it up about the ranked mode like there there are literally games out there that are built entirely on a ranked mode like destiny could very easily have a ranked mode and you would increase the amount of depth and you like to pvp tenfold you would have people grinding that season after season after season and the only things that you really have to provide those people who want to play that as a reward that is enough that they would consider it a, a good payout for their time is like a um an, an ornament to show where they placed in that season or something you know um, yeah i mean halo did it like yeah. you know you grinded yeah. for those uh different skins that you got on uh yeah. your spartan yep yeah and, and and jesus christ you would you show those things off like you would be like okay, I am the baddest looking person in this lobby because I've earned that. Yeah. I have smashed, like I, I've got a legend every single season in comp. And I, what do I have to show for it? Mm. How would you point me out from anyone else? How would you? Just that unbroken title, but that's, you know, that's a, that is so weak. Like that is yeah. so No, you're right. I agree. I should have on on my character, I should have an armor set, a shader, a ship, a whatever. I should have all of it and I should be stud in the tower and people should be able to look at me and go, that guy's a badass in the crucible. And I should be able to tell that story from what I have because I've invested my time into that. Yeah, it was like the Hayabusa armor, like Mm -hmm. in um, Halo Reach, I think it was called. This is just the thought. And this might be a bit extreme, but what if Bungie was to completely get rid of Eververse and say, instead of that, we want $10 a month. For $10 a month, you're going to get a new raid and a new pinnacle activity every three months. And we're going to give you cool new shit to chase every 30 days. If they could do it, I'd pay it. I'd do it. Like, if they could actually bring that content, like... I feel like that value transmission is worth it. Just give it to us. Like, yeah, like I don't think that Destiny players uh, have qualms with ever like um, spending money or or anything like that. I think that Destiny players just simply want like loads of reasons to play. Um, and this goes back to like the depth conversation that we were having earlier. Like, if if I had to pay ten dollars a month for them to just make a lot of the things happen that we're asking for i don't even i don't need 20 new things each season to do i just need the five things that are in the game to be good like that's all i want 
That's yeah. why I just want to be able to sink my time into this franchise and world that I love and feel like I've then been rewarded for it after a day of playing. Yeah. Well said. That's really well said, yeah. Yep. So on, on that note, we have Beyond Light coming this November, on November 10th. We know that last week we got a lot of information as to what's staying, what's leaving. We know a lot of maps are going away this fall. Is this going to help with the current state of Crucible? Well, they're getting rid of Firebase Echo, so that's a step. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, map, I'm, that map's terrible. It is. I have a feeling that these stasis subclasses are going to absolutely destroy the Crucible. It's going to break, yeah. Like, there's no way you could ever have a competitive, like, landscape with these supers. Like, you know, with, with, you know, uh, with, with sort of terrain creation abilities and <laughs> yeah. uh, unlimited crowd control capability as well. You know, all of yeah. those supers can can freeze multiple people on the spot for an indeterminate amount of time, it seems. And you can literally create walls, create, you know, platforms to jump up to glitch spots that you didn't know existed. It's gonna be it's gonna be a mess, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, like really I, not, not necessarily in a bad way. You know, I mean it'll it'll be hilarious. Every single crucible game would be like a game of mayhem. Um, <laughs> there'll be some weird stuff going on, right? But, yeah. <laughs> um, it bad for the competitive scene. Absolutely. Like I like I hate the modern day competitive scene for how much stuff they ban. Like I think it's absolutely ridiculous. But I would be absolutely amazed if they don't ban the stasis straight out. And part of me is like, I get it. <laughs> like and I do like it's going to be amazing for PVE, but holy crap, is that thing going to cause a lot of problems in PvP? Oh my like, god! Imagine you're just running around with your Goldie, or you go to flank a corner, or whatever, or you're on an objective, and then suddenly it's like, well, you're frozen. Like, you're frozen. Exactly. Yeah, and you're like a scarecrow stuck in the mud. You're like, it's like you're yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sub Zero just came on me, and he's about to perform a fatality. Yeah, he's got he's got to watch. The way that they built Stasis gives us an indication of their direction of travel for the game, right? Which is, I I fundamentally believe that they've just decided that balanced competitive PvP in Destiny does not and will never work. And yeah, yeah, not, they are just so they said fuck it, and they're just going to yeah. double down. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, the mad power fantasy. Yeah. fun non-competitive element of the, of and to be game. fair that's fine right yeah. that is fine if they turn around and just say that yep. if they just turn around and say look guys to be honest pve is our thing and we're gonna do pve and then whatever's left for you guys to have fun with in pvp do it but we have no interest in making this esports scene that you guys you know well, seem to want to push for it i'm wrong but bungie doesn't have to foster anything for the esports scene the esports scene can make their own set of rules as to what you can and can't use. Oh, they and do. Oh, trust me, they do. <laughs> so it's not like Destiny cannot exist as a competitive game. I, I believe that it can. I think that, you know, the gameplay is very solid. The shooting mechanics are solid. So at that point, it's a matter of what can and can't you use in the game that will give you that unfair advantage and ruin the competitive nature. Yeah. The, there's two like i mean this is like this is like my my where i'm very passionate and i've spent a lot of time i've ran tournaments i've played in tournaments i've 
Um, and the, although you are right, Bungie do have some severe fundamental failings. And one of them is that they continually, they don't dismiss the idea. Like they don't say no. They say, ah, well, maybe if such a thing was to happen, but it's like they're constantly being dragged along with this carrot in front of their face. And they just need to be put out of the misery at this point. Like they just need to be told like, hey, this isn't going to be something for us. This is going to be something like, you know, you guys want to do it. Sure, feel free. But this is never going to be something that we're going to focus on. And then the other thing is that the things that the esports scene have to play with are tiny. Like, for example, why is zone control not available in private matches? Like, zone I control, yeah, <laughs> they don't have anything. Like, so, like, I hate the current sweat scene. I think that the rules are stupid. I think that the everything, but then I'm having these conversations with people. I'm like, this is what I would do. And this would create a fair, balanced environment. And people are like, yeah, but we literally can't because they've not given us any modes to, like, it's, it's just insane. It's absolutely insane, like, how little they give to private matches. Yeah, so, no, that's really well said. Yeah, and I definitely agree with you on those points. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's it's going to be interesting to see how Bungie is able to balance their game and how they're able to keep things fun and keep the power fantasy that we all come to expect. Speaking of balance, do you think they will be able to separately balance PvE and PvP, like separate sandboxes? Do you think it'll happen in Beyond Light? Probably not, but, you know, it's just... Didn't they say a while ago that they could do that, and then it turned out that that was bullshit? Like, they couldn't do that? Like, so, we've, yeah. we've seen examples of them balancing certain things separately, right? Yeah. But um, I think, fundamentally, it's this is not necessarily a question of what, what can and can't be done within the engine. I think they have a design philosophy. They've certainly talked about it before, that everything should feel the same regardless of where you are in the game and that you know your rocket launcher should feel exactly the same in pvp as it does in pve because that's that's your rocket launcher because they want a consistent experience across across the game and i think hmm. that's the overriding principle that actually is stopping them from balancing things separately yeah i think the only way the genuinely only way that you could make a properly competitive pvp out of this game is to completely sever it from its pve uh, obviously, that's not going to happen, but that because uh, the thing is as well, the things that they come out with for PVE are fucking cool as shit. They're so cool, like the the genius, mm -hmm. amazing ideas. Like this stasis stuff is genius. It's wonderful. It's fantastic. Like you know, this idea of going into a raid and you're gonna have to throw your grenades to give yourself like extra walls and stuff is really cool. Um, but what does that do to PVP? Well, that just turns it into an unholy mess. Like so. Well, this is the problem with the Destiny, you know, the competitive kind of sweat scene. As you say, in in banning so much, it's actually it's not even Destiny anymore. By the time you know, yeah, oh yeah, and certain subclasses, you ban what eighty percent of the exotics. Like you know, it yeah. just gets to the point where you, you're just you're just creating a sort of very basic first person shooter within the framework that the game provides you. It's not Destiny anymore. Yeah, no, well, no, definitely not. You're you are one hundred percent right, and um. The modern day sweats rules are, are so unbelievably stupid. Like you could easily cut that sweats rule list by two thirds. Mm -hmm. um, and but people people will 
stand there and tell you that everything like what what like people people I was having a discussion with someone today and they were saying that uh, SMGs and sidearms are broken. I'm like, well, I can't remember the last time I sat and thought to myself an SMG was broken. A sidearm like, is broken. Yeah, yeah sidearms. Hand cannons and snipers. Nothing. Yeah, literally. <laughs> at least in D1, at least in D1, what they would do instead, they wouldn't write rules to ban those things. They just shame you. Like if you ran a pulse rifle, they just shame you until you stop doing it. These days, they just straight up just go, nah, fuck it, we're just going to write it in the rules that you literally can't do anything these days. Like, yeah, like... The original Sweat Council rules, I think it was, there were, there were, what, like two or three exotic armor pieces that were banned, and I think Queenbreaker's bow was banned, yeah. but pretty much everything else was fake. Yeah, because if it's aim assist, was like Yeah, just I mean, I had a hundred Stupid. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, to be like, the thing is, like, and I, I, I'll stand on this hill for the rest of my life, like, uh, on regards to this topic. The big problem that Destiny sweat scene has is that they consider 3v3 to be anything other than a childish version of team deathmatch like it's right there is in order to make a competitive environment there has to be an objective to play and they play 3v3 team deathmatch and then they and then they, 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 they you, you, that is insanely hard to balance like at one point they brought in a rule that like players had to move every two seconds or something because people were just standing still so much because it's like well why would I leave my position? I'm in such a good position. It's like, well, yeah. yes. Whereas an objective forces you, and it for and it, you know, they. Oh, you're they, talking about the scory camping from D1. Well, were, well, literally, like so. I watched a, a final because I, I'm adamant against three v three, and and my friend was like, come and watch this tournament final. Trust me, you'll change your mind. And I was like, okay, sure. And I loaded it up, and it's a couple of names that I knew from back when I used to play, and. For 30 seconds, you know Dead Cliffs? Yeah. So one team was at yellow and one team was at pipes, and they both just waited for the other team to make a move. And I had both <laughs> Twitch channels up, and they were both complaining the other team was standing still and being passive. And it's like, yeah, but that's wow. because you're playing team deathmatch, and neither team, like, if you make a move and peek and get taken out, your team's in 2v3. So why would you give up? Why would you, why would you? risk a disadvantage at any time like there's no reason to um it's a very yeah. low tier level of play and and you need objective modes but again bungie don't provide them in private matches so it's a weird weird catch 22 that is strange yeah so last question that i have on the topic of competitive gaming is what do we want to see come to the Crucible and Gambit going into this fall with Beyond Light? Hmm. You want to go first, Enigma? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I think Crucible's got to be like the ranked mode. Um, I I don't think it's coming, but. Uh, I, I, I just think that that would revolutionize so much of like the P what, what the PVP players consider to be their time to reward, um, like how they feel rewarded for their time basically. Um, and then Gambit, I just, actually, I'm kind of curious to see like already what it is that they're doing. Um, I just wish that they'd bring in like maybe a slight rule set into casual Gambit, for example, something like no heavy on invades or something because it always seems to be that there's one heavy weapon that completely breaks the meta in gambit like it seems to be that the game's completely fine 
And then you'll just every season there's like one thing. It's always one like power weapon that seems to be like, okay, well, when anyone invades with that, it's impossible to deal with. Absolutely. And actually all that is is it it's the second best power weapon from last season before they did yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so it went sleeper and then it went Queen Breaker's bow, and then it went Leviathan's breath and uh, Xenophage. So where we yeah, are now. yeah, you're you're completely right. It is uh, no, that's you know, funny. They just keep keep nerfing the thing in the top spot, and then the next the next best thing comes up. And uh, oh, you forgot Thunderlord too. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, yeah, it, 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 certain supers are uh, are pretty rough as well. But um, no, for me, uh, I, th- I mean, obviously, as I say, I'm not a hugely competitive PvP player. I don't play a lot of PvP anymore. Um, but it. I guess that's the reason, right? It, I, I want a reason to play PvP. How, Do you guys like uh, yeah, Rift from D1? I love Rift. Rift was good, yeah. Rift we played was a game good. of Rift the other night, and um, uh, we noticed that SRL is in private matches in D1 as well. So I think we're going to do it is. At some point. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. I, I would like them to bring back Rift. Like, I. I yeah, like the problem, with, the problem with Rift for for ninety percent of players is is that uh, you know all it takes is one coordinated team and you are definitely going to lose that game of Rift. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, easily. <laughs> yeah. If you roll just, on a six stack, then good luck. Yeah. It's, almost, I think it's almost too one, far uh, on the objective based end of the spectrum for for casual gameplay, match made casual gameplay. One of the things that kind of blows my mind permanently with with Destiny is like we we mentioned it before about like how Halo used to be this insane ranked and then destiny has like possibly the worst rank to ever exist <laughs> and then it's this kind of the same with the modes like all of destiny's modes revolve around just like low tier play like they revolve around like it's either clash or control or supremacy where the objective is just to kill things which is i'm sorry like that is the absolute bottom like that is the the basics of pvp if you can't kill things then i'm sorry but you don't deserve to be there um and it's weird because when I think back to like some Halo modes, I'm like, they had some insanely good Assault, objective modes. Oddball, um, like, like yeah, Destiny could like definitely like take some of those and and run absolute rings with them. Yeah, my favorite yeah. PvP mode ever was I can't remember what Call of Duty it was, but Gun Game. You remember Gun Game? Oh, I love Gun oh, Game. Yeah. Oh, I would yeah, love Gun, gun game, game in Destiny. I would love that, that. If, if it, it was Gun oh, Game, but it just randomized. Either an exotic from collections or a gun, you know, guns from your vault or whatever, whatever they had to do to make it work. I would love yeah. that. So I much. loved gun game and Call of Duty. Yeah. Constantly yeah, fresh, so actually challenging, not mm-hmm. very competitive, but that's okay. You know, enjoyable. <laughs> I really love gun game. It's a great game. Yeah, great mode. I just don't yeah. get why they like, for example, they, <laughs> they came up with like, um, was it called lockdown or breakthrough or something? The one where it's like in the middle, like there's like a base in each base and then there's a base in the middle, right? Now, if you, they, they had the, I just, fuck, I really want to just like grab the guy who came up with that and go like, what is wrong with you, dude? Like you've got a really good mode there. Just have it so that if you capture the middle, it moves to the other person's spawn, right? That was what it was. But then, if the timer runs out, don't then give the team that is currently stuck in their own spawn the win. Just move the base back to the middle. Like, yeah. I don't understand why they ever did that. I don't understand why they ever went, hmm, well, what we're going to do is make it so that if you capture the plate in the middle, it moves to their spawn. And then if you don't capture it in their spawn, you lose. It's like, well, then what's the point in attacking? 
you may as well just sit back because you have a severe advantage then. King of the Hill in Halo. King of the oh. Hill, great mode, great mode. Oh. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, Call of Duty, what, like Hardpoint, they use Hardpoint, right? It's insane. Such a good mode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You've got like... And big team I, battle I, stuff like, like, like Battlefield, you know, ground war and that sort of thing. These mm-hmm. big team I see what battles. they were trying to do with Scorch. They were trying to like make their own version of like Griffball or yeah. something. You know, I... I don't know what they could use, like to make it feel more like, uh, like if they were going for that griff ball kind of like uh, scorch. But instead of scorch cannons, it's uh, hive swords. Swords. There you go. Yeah. Everybody has swords. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. No, that would be fun. Yeah, I think an oddball could work in Destiny as well. Like you literally, like you know, get points for holding onto the damn thing, and then. Yeah. Um, but the, but the, it, it literally zaps you. You can't you know you can't use any abilities. You can't. All you can do is walk, and your team have to protect you basically. Like yeah, I think that so, could work. I think sword battles sounds like the perfect thing to bring into Destiny, or even like battles. Battles. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. It sounds amazing until they make it skill based matchmaking. I'm being matched against a guy in Brazil. That then becomes a problem. <laughs> and then they're floating. <laughs> yeah, swords in that kind of like melees in general with anyone on a ping in this game is a nightmare. Yeah. Sword hit detection with the laser. Yeah. <laughs> it would just be rough. <laughs> It'd be so odd. Mm-hmm. These are some really great uh, things that Bungie can just bring into the game. I mean, we have some really, really good thoughts and uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what Bungie brings into destiny in the next year because i mean we know that bungie wasn't exactly happy with the way seasons kind of took place this time around so it's going to be interesting to see how they change things up going into next year and on that note i do want to talk about one other thing before we get into the juicy twab maybe uh, but the first thing that I want to talk about before that is Stasis. We have a new trailer that was revealed at Gamescom. I will admit I was a little bit salty when it came out, or it didn't actually get released, because I was under the impression that this announcement was going to be at 2 o'clock. So at 2 o'clock, I was ready to see Destiny, but instead of seeing Destiny, I saw Call of Duty for some. It was like one of those almighty. It was like that almighty thing, right? <laughs> kind of like yeah. exactly the same as. And you uh, know, it kind of took me back because I was not expecting what we got. I was actually expecting an announcement from Destiny from Bungie, and they didn't really have the stage for that hour. I want to say. I mean, it was a two and a half minute trailer. Yeah. For a two and a half minute trailer, if even that, I think it was like two minutes in length. The one on um, Reddit was better. The one that Anthrax. Uh, yeah. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen it yet, check out uh, Hulk Munamata's post on on the Destiny the Game subreddit uh, from the last few hours. Um, there is a Dropbox folder with uh, marketing material for Beyond Light that was released at the same time as the trailer. Uh, which provides some footage that we haven't seen yet, including actual gameplay footage uh, on screen. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm actually rewatching it right now. 
Well, yeah, let's let's talk about it. See, yeah, you get to see the supers in a kind of non-cinematic light, you know, more akin to what we'll actually see in November and experience. And for me, the key takeaway, the only thing I care about is that the Titan subclass, which initially just looked like uh, Fist of Havoc with ice effect around it, um, actually looks really great. The, the ground slam attack doesn't use much super energy and freezes things in a really broad radius, 15 to 20 meters by the looks of it. Uh, it looks like you can probably get six, maybe seven ground slams out before your super's up, so you could you can really mow through ad waves with that thing. I'll be interested to see the damage on it. I have a feeling none of these subclasses are going to be particularly... Uh, I mean, they'll be useful in endgame content from an ag clear perspective. Um, but Not dps -y. I can't see them being dps -y and I can't see them being sort of team buffy either, really. Um, so I wonder whether in raids, certainly in raid encounters that have bosses, uh, whether we'll still see well bubble and tether dominating the uh dominating the team environment um but uh so for, for raid encounters that don't have bosses big major clear encounters uh i can see these really coming into their own the sound from these subclasses are yeah it's crazy cool. especially on that on that video that i was talking about you you can hear them really clearly because there's no background music or background audio in those videos at all Nah. Um, the audio cues they've created for the subclasses and the shattering sound of the ice is really cool. And there's just so much going on. Mm -hmm. Like, it's insane the geometry and things that they had to, like, involve into these subclasses. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing that I really appreciate about Bungie and, and Destiny is that they put in a painstaking amount of details into their art design, into the work that they produce so it's really cool to see how how much they put into building stasis and to see what impact it has on the game and helps relive our power fantasies going into this fall in november there's some interesting team dynamic you can have with these uh subclasses too like yeah, you saw the titan the other break throw the wall, jump over the wall, slam it, froze everybody, and then the Warlock came in and shattered everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm really interested to see how it plays out in practice. Yeah. And, and yeah. actually have the Stasis subclasses interact with the subclasses that are already in the game as well. That will be... And, and since it's a new element, will it be on our weapons too? Like, what, 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 are, what, can, we, what can we hope to see on the weapons and the gear? I think we can expect a decent chunk of the new weapons to to have stasis as uh the energy element so in of the new energy weapons that we're getting maybe maybe sort of 30 percent of them will, will be stasis energy weapons i'm not sure if they're going to retroactively apply stasis to to uh weapons that you know we've already got that wouldn't make a huge amount of sense gameplay wise um but I think probably the majority of energy weapons that we'll get next season will be will be stasis element. Maybe mm -hmm. they'll rework some exotics. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm I'm leaning towards legendaries not having any type of stasis, but perhaps there might be an exotic weapon that has some type of stasis built in. Maybe a trace rifle or something. 
maybe a sword for perhaps with some kind of a stasis ability. I mean, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's it's worth noting we haven't yet seen any enemies with stasis shields, right? So, uh, at least not that I'm aware of. So, it it could be. You're right. It could be that actually they don't apply stasis to weapons in any way. It's a subclass that sits outside of the usual elemental framework, and it does its own thing uh, in terms of your abilities. And they did they, they they kind of leave it out of the weapon because it's not completely. That wouldn't surprise me at all. We'll see. It's very exciting, though. Very exciting. Definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And we did get a two-minute video trailer, as we mentioned, where the floodgates were open and the darkness is here. And we got to see some new subclasses that kind of look like Sub-Zero came to town. And we have a new Warlock, Hunter, and Titan ability. For the Warlock, we have the Shadebinder. And you get to Fracture with Frost with this one. And any, any thoughts on the Warlock ability? I, I feel like I haven't actually seen much of the Warlock ability. I feel like I've seen so much of the... Uh titan hunter and i'm breaking that down constantly but like the the warlock i feel like i've, I've seen the least of by far yeah. the warlock is just kind of gliding around like a wizard just like shooting like the ice like out of the staff oh so it's storm control over with a staff it's a staff that shoots out storm bikes of ice that freeze things right yeah um, i i don't i don't think we've got a good sense of the neutral game for the for the warlock subclass i don't i don't I haven't seen anything that's made me go, oh, that grenade's really cool, or oh, that melee's really cool, unless unless the staff is the melee, right? Um, we're assuming the staff is the super. I think it, I think it probably is. Um, but I don't know what the rest of the neutral game is for that class. Whereas, for example, a hunter, we've seen the grenades. I'd imagine the grenades are going to be universal across all three classes. Can't see them designing three unique grenades for each class for this new subclass. Um, could be wrong on that, but... The melees, certainly for the Hunter and the Titan, the melees look really unique um, and really cool. Uh, but I haven't seen much of the Warlock's neutral game yet. We are actually going to learn more about the Warlock. On September 1st, Bungie will be releasing a developer commentary on the Warlock super ability. So that's going to be coming on September 1st. And then you did also mention the Hunter and that is the Revenant ability. And we're going to learn more about that on September 8th. And speaking of the Hunter Revenant ability, what do you guys think about the Hunter ability that we saw earlier today? It was really cool. You throw like these yeah. ice picks, <laughs> basically. The Hunter looks pretty crazy. And the yeah. melee looks really good as well. So we were talking about this at the top of the show, but I couldn't tell from from the footage whether it was whether it, it had two charges, whether that was maybe an exotic effect, or whether that's intrinsic to the ability that you have two melees, or actually whether there's some kind of boomerang effect on the melee where it bounces off walls and comes back to you, refills your charge, similar to the Titan throwing hammer on the, the Burning Moor subclass. So I don't know, but if you watch the footage, he, he throws the melee and then... Uh, still has the charge after after things have died from melee so that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out in practice it already looks very strong but two charges or a kind of bounce back ability would be would be 
even stronger. So does everybody have that grenade wall? Because I noticed they throw the grenade and then it puts up the wall. Yeah. Well, one I, of the uh, we're all gonna have the same grenades. One of the things we need to like figure out first of all is um how these mappable subclasses are gonna work. Like, what's gonna be included? Like, is it is it like is that grenade going to be a case of okay, you get to select a perk from it freezes people to it freezes fuck walls or like because this is going to be the first time it gets play with a new sub like a subclass building in a while, isn't it? Right, yeah, and that thing cool. is with that wall, it actually creates that platform. Like, because yeah. they throw it up against, uh, you know, an object, and it, like, creates a platform for you to jump on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how customizable the subclasses are in reality. How much of that is cosmetic, and how much of that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. they give us one option to change. <laughs> exactly. Are you, are you going to have a situation where you have two stasis titans on your, on your fire team, and the, the two of them are fulfilling completely different roles, or... Is it going to be variations on a theme? How's that going to work? I'm really interested to find out. Yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. And then we also saw the Titan Behemoth super ability, and I think that was pretty cool. It kind of looked like a Titan Smash to me, but with ice. Yeah. yeah, that was my instinct as well. If you if you watch the gameplay trailer uh, that we were talking about, it. it it looks it looks more potent than it it looked from the trailer that they provided at Gamescom. Like, it lasts a very long time. It, the radius of the freeze effect is big, and it has a it has a punch that you can follow up the freeze with that does an AOE. So you can freeze a bunch of enemies in front of you, and then do the punch and shatter all of the enemies within sort of five meters of you by the looks of it, and then move on to the next grand slam. So it could be really good for kind of yellow bar clear encounters and hordes of ads yeah it's called glacial quake like it says in that like trailer if you look at the little sub yeah, heading the naming conventions are really cool also we talked about this briefly but uh it looks like they've renamed uh orbs of light uh into orbs, orbs of power. power yeah i see it yeah yeah which makes sense from a from a law perspective because you know we're not using the light for this so uh i think that's going to be a universal change across the board probably and it fits in with them changing light level to power level at the start of d2 right moving away from us being geared around the light uh universally so yeah that's an interesting observation as well yeah no it's going to be really interesting to see how all of this plays out going into the fall and it looks very interesting really compelling i'm excited to actually check out those videos that we didn't see during the two-minute trailer because I wasn't even aware of any of this, so that's really cool. Uh, and we will include links in the show notes if you are interested in checking out some extended video footage of the new super abilities. And I am curious, now that we know what the super abilities will be for the Warlock, Hunter, and Titan, how will Stasis impact the game this fall? I think it's going to impact it greatly. Just watching this trailer, like these supers are nuts. Like you're throwing these ice picks around as the hunter. And then you got like ninja stars too and things like that. And then you just create a, like a wall of ice and like, it, and then you freeze the enemies and they, it, well, there's so much going on. <laughs> I'd be amazed if they don't include a um, mechanic in the raid 
the benefits through this using these stasis classes. I wouldn't be surprised if the jumping puzzle has gaps in it that require you to create your own platforms in order to yeah. progress. Mm. That would be mm. really interesting. Yeah. So how will how will stasis impact more importantly Crucible and the competitive landscape? It's gonna break it. It's gonna break it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we covered it earlier, right? Any any semblance of competition goes out the window when you start introducing stuff like this. I'm going to come out and, and call this right now. I'm going to say that the first month of the new expansion being out, the game is going to be really broken, and if you're going to try to get your flawless done, that's probably going to be the month to do it because yeah. I think competitive gaming is going to be really broken and fun for some people if you hate onto shotgunners that's fine because now you can just freeze them all the time <laughs> there you go yeah create a wall and then jump over and freeze them. <laughs> not able to land your sniper headshots that's fine yeah. just freeze them you'll be yeah. able to do it then yeah oh you're in this that's nice now you're frozen <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be a good opportunity to drop some good one-liners as well. Oh, that was really cool of you. Yeah, Why don't you just like, chill? Have you seen... Um, <laughs> chill out. Batman Forever with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. playing Yeah, yeah, it is. Is it Dr. Freeze? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. It's, uh, yeah, all of those lines from that movie. Will be <laughs> Batman and Robin. I'm going to yeah. set them up on a stream deck and just hit the button yeah, every time I throw one of those grenades. <laughs> So here's another thought. We're going to get a new raid in November. How are these super abilities going to impact the new raid and perhaps the ability to melt the boss during the encounters? Well, hopefully Bungie thought of that. Like, because, you know, we're going to get really creative with these subclasses. And uh, hopefully they thought of ways uh, that we're not going to completely break it, you know, like pretty much burn the bosses down there's gonna uh, be mechanics there's obviously gonna be mechanics it'll be mechanical heavy i'd imagine but I, I yeah you know as I, as I mentioned earlier I, I i don't think that we are looking at uh big dps subclasses here um and i don't think we're looking at huge team utility subclasses here either i think all three of these from the looks of it are crowd control crowd control ad clear super yeah super, uh, I also highly doubt as well that we're going to be able to like, I mean, the bosses are rarely mobile anyway, but like if we, like we're, if I highly doubt we're going to be able to freeze the boss in place. Anyway. No, absolutely. And actually, if you look no, at you the won't trailer, be able to. it looks like uh, big things uh, are not freezable because the little mini insurrection primes, which we've seen already, uh, one of them gets hit by the super and doesn't freeze. It just takes damage and dies. So, I think yeah, there will be a size limit on you know, and it may even mirror the size limit on uh, on what you can finish her, for example, where you know there's a certain cap where you can't finish her anything that's too big because it doesn't make any sense. It's uh, pretty cool I that they brought that enemy. you know enemy back too because they remind me of Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah, they're really cool. I think they're smaller. They must be smaller, right? There's no way we're gonna have like yeah, they look a little smaller. Direction primes wandering around, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool because the question was always asked well, if the Fallen can make these crazy robots that are like ray bosses, why do we never see them anywhere else, right? So obviously they've taken that on board and are now putting them in the rest of the game. Yeah, and I'm I'm cool with it. I'm totally Absolutely. cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Corn's like not another as long as it's not another fallen walker, right? <laughs> Yay! I I like fallen walkers. It's okay. Yeah. Bring them on. I'm telling you right now, the fallen barrier and fallen armaments mods from Scourge. If you don't have them, go and get them. Because oh, I don't have any. Ooh, so okay, useful. that's good advice. Yeah, so useful. I mean, it's part of my day one raid build, but they will be intrinsically useful for the whole of next year, and you won't be able to get them after November. That's really hmm. good stuff. There we go. Well, hmm. you heard it here on the Destiny Show. And on that note, we have a tradition with the TWAB, but we're going to break the tradition and talk about it here. How many spicy tuna rolls are we giving Stasis here on the Destiny Show? I'm going to give the trailer on Reddit like four and a half. That trailer is awesome. <laughs> you got to check it out, Corn. That trailer is awesome. Yeah, that footage is pretty, pretty crazy. I'd, I'd mirror that shadow. I think four and a half is probably fair. Yeah. Okay. Enigma, what do you say? How many spicy tuna rolls are you giving? I mean, I've not seen this Reddit one, so I've only seen the one that like kind of came up today uh, on the on Gamescom and. I was I was like everyone else where I I loaded Gamescon up at two, and I expected to see Destiny, and then like what was it, an hour two hours later I finally get to see Destiny, and then it was ninety percent of the same stuff we've already seen. So um, I'd say I'd say a three maybe. Like it didn't really excite me, but it didn't dishearten me either. So yeah, a bit more cautious yeah. for me. So uh, I'm gonna side closer to enigma here and i'm gonna give it a 3.5 and here's why because same thing i was at work and i thought two o'clock is gonna hit i can just put on the video and watch the two minute trailer and be done with it nope that wasn't the case 30 minutes later still no destiny and i'm getting kind of annoyed at that point and i'm like you know what the hell is going on i'm just trying to watch this trailer so i can move on with my day because i have work I, I don't have the time and uh long story short i didn't end up watching the trailer during gamescom i ended up watching it after work because it just didn't appear and i had meetings and i couldn't really stick around to watch the event so i'm going to give it a 3.5 if they were promoting the trailer they shouldn't have, they should have made it clear that it's going to be taking place sometime during the event and not like here two o'clock you should watch this i mean they could have said 3 p.m 3 30 p.m whatever but they didn't so i and i think that didn't respect my time as a player so 3.5 i dropped the reddit one in the general chat and discord okay and i'll make sure to include that in the show notes for the episode you'll be able to find that at destinyshow.com as soon as i post the show on the website so guardians on that note we do have one other thing relating to stasis and that is the little graphic that we got on the website i don't know if there's anything major here to talk about i mean we we got a chance to really see it more from what i gather in the reddit post so we're going to make sure to share that and the final thing that we're going to talk about is we have a weekly update from Bungie. Spoiler alert, it's not going to be that long. There's not a whole lot here. 
they pretty much confirmed, hey, you know, stasis reveal happened. Over the next two weeks, Bungie will be releasing additional information about stasis in the form of the developer diaries. First one taking place on September 1st, second one on September 3rd, and finally on September 8th, they will be releasing the final one. And also, speaking of September 8th, something else will be coming out on September 8th, and that is update 2.9.2 will be coming to Destiny, fixing several things in the game. First, Solstice ornaments did not perform well in the game visually. I'm sorry, I was waiting for it. That's what she said, but I didn't get it. Okay, and uh, that's being fixed. So congratulations. Now it's going to look brighter than what you remember it. So cool. In addition to that. Sorry. No, go ahead. I can't wait to like combine the solstice ornament with the freeze grenade from like stasis. Then I'll be able to flash bang them and freeze them at the same time. It'd be absolutely insane. <laughs> it's just going to be, I, I don't, I don't understand. Like what was the problem that they just weren't bright enough? Problem was that they were advertised brighter and uh, the, the images in the Eververse store are maybe, maybe three times brighter than, than, what they actually look like when you've got your super fully charged they're like, ah, I they're see. like obnoxiously bright in the eververse story images and that the problem was not so much well at least you know I, the, most people's problem i think was not so much that they weren't bright enough but but that they were effectively not as advertised um, yeah yeah fair enough. obviously yeah they've they've i think they sensed a potential issue there from a kind of you know profit incentive perspective and uh have moved quite quickly to fix it but you know fundamentally a good thing um yeah yeah, yeah. i think Fair most enough. people will be buying at least one set of those or at least will be will be working towards the the white the white gear uh, the white glow gear so you know kind of helps out pretty much everybody really yeah so welcoming news and um it, it'll come just in time when i'll be finishing my solstice grind so by that point i should have all of my glows uh, but actually it's not going to impact the glow unless i purchase the glow from eververse so interesting and we know that the sleeper override quest or activity is having some kind of an issue with it do y'all know any more details about what is going on with the sleeper override yeah so the sleeper nodes are kind of notoriously people people are grinding to get the emblem complete so it says 40 out of 40 right that's the that's the goal there that kind of completionist players have been grinding out these sleeper nodes on on mars for like two years to try and get that 40 out of 40 on the sleeper nodes i think a lot of people end up being forever 37 forever 38 and never quite get into 40 um it looks like there was basically an issue where the game would be tracking your progress and would would know which ones you had and which one you didn't, but that that checklist would be uh, refreshed periodically and the game would forget which ones you have and which one you didn't effectively. Um, so it would then just start throwing random ones at you again. So effectively just some really, really, really difficult RNG to get past um, in order to get the ones that you needed to complete the 40 out 40. And 
they've changed it, I believe, so that it's effectively wiped everyone's progress, but they now have bad luck protection. I think that's what they're saying. So the tracking is starting fresh. Everybody's back to zero out of 40, but there is now bad luck protection. So you should theoretically just have to do 40 to, to complete by the looks of it. Okay, so for anyone chasing their sleeper catalyst, this will help. Awesome. And other notable fixes coming to update 2.9.2 on November 8th include um, fixing an issue where players spawn would freeze in Gambit. They fixed a problem with the ADS on Cold Denial Season Pass Ornament. I think I heard about that, too. It was being exploited or something like that? There was a coin flip. Uh, I mean, well, the coin flip emote was uh, an explo exploit, I believe. They had to disable that um, for the time being. Interesting. And then also the Redrix's broadsword is now available to reclaim from the collections. Apparently you weren't able to claim it before, so now you can. If you are looking to get your Redrix's, here's your chance. You can get it on November 8th. And then um, a couple more things here for fixes. A spider will begin offering three weekly wanted adventure bounties up from one. Okay, so another welcoming change. And finally, they fixed an issue that prevented the exotic perk on Merciless Fusion Rifle from triggering. I wasn't even aware of this one. Yeah, Merciless has just been working as like a mid-tier legendary fusion rifle for at least six months. The exotic perk just hasn't been working. So. Mm. I can't so remember when I last used that one. Yeah, I don't use it either. So I wasn't even aware of this problem. And uh, hopefully this makes the gun more feasible in activities. So yeah, yeah hopefully it's just this... a cool little fusion rifle as well. It'd be nice to see it get some, get some proper use to get in boss melting. Yeah. And then also we got some Solstice Bounty fix things that are coming to the game. So you can read more about that in the... Bungie weekly update and there was a movies of the week with a really awesome violinist I, I believe she's a violinist um Alexandra I'm not going to pronounce her last name I don't want to butcher it but it starts with a k very talented musician and I'm going to also include in the show notes a link to her YouTube channel Big congrats on winning movie of the week. She had a really cool um, rendition that she made of uh, Journey from Destiny. And she had like this whole violin uh, performance. And there was really awesome music video created also for this. So that was really cool too. And I don't know if there's anything else that we want to touch on with this week's Bungie weekly update. It was pretty slim to say the least. Slim pickings. Slim pickings. So that's the weekly update. Aren't they? They're teasing out what content they have left because of the delay. So yeah. you know, we'll, we'll get slimmer and slimmer twabs as the weeks go on. Yeah. That's a good point. 
But uh, we will be learning more about the stasis abilities in the first week of September. So there is that. And we'll get to learn more about other games um, as Gamecom Gamescom continues over the next few days. So Guardians, wow, I, I think we've come to that point where we can wrap things up for the evening but before we do, we have a tradition on the show where we rate the Bungie Weekly Update in the form of spicy tuna rolls. And we're going to do it tonight as we wrap things up with Season 1 of The Destiny Show. And Enigma, as our guest, if you want to kick things off, what would you give this week's Bungie Weekly Update in the form of spicy tuna rolls? <laughs> Um, <clears throat> I, I think it's a, uh, I think it's 3.5. It's nothing too exciting, but it's, uh, it's, it's mostly full of things that are good uh, and things that we, we want to see. Glad to see in particular the things for, um, the completionists and the, the hardcore players being addressed. Cause I can't imagine how frustrating that, that node thing was. So yeah, no 3.5 for me. Good, but, uh, not nothing amazing. Awesome. And Anthrax, what would you give this week's Bungie Weekly Update? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a three, I think, for me. It's just, yeah, as I said, they're, they're limiting. It's like they've got a pot of content to go in twobs between now and November, and they've just added another four twobs to, to the, the ratio they have to split stuff across. So, yeah, it, it, it is where it is, right? There's some fixes, some good stuff. Um, the movies of the week this week were pretty good, I thought, on the whole. Um, and yeah, not 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 a huge amount of info, but uh, obviously they're teasing stuff out. The Stasis stuff is cool, though. Cool. And uh, Sh Shadow Price, what would you give this week's Bungie Weekly Update? I give it a two. I mean, it's just there's not much in this twab. They uh, pretty much. Uh, the, the stasis trailer was where I, I think uh, it got the higher score for me because that seems to be where the, I don't know, the cool factor was. That was the, that was the cool thing we saw today. Whereas this is just a little informational and, you know, they just gave some updates and things like that, you know, fixes. And so not too exciting. Mm -hmm. It's a two for me. Cool. Well, you know, I think this week we're going to be, in agreement because i'm gonna probably say two as well and here's why i'm giving this week's bungie weekly update a two i am learning that there is additional stasis related content on reddit <sighs> right why is that content on reddit and not in their twab this week right to me that's a missed opportunity What's that, a press kit or something? Part of a press kit? Yeah, it's a press kit. Yeah, well, we'd take yeah. the press kit, put it in the TWAB. I mean, it doesn't have to stay in the press kit, right? A press kit is there for a specific reason, but if you have that content available, put it in the TWAB. Add it as extra rather than saying, okay, this is what we showed you, right? So I'm going to give it a two because I think that was a missed opportunity, and plus we didn't really learn much of anything. I think that... This week's Bungie Weekly update didn't really have much. I mean, the the 
Update 2.9.2 could have been revealed next week. We have two weeks in between. So although next week we do have Labor Day, which I don't know if that would really impact anything. But, uh, but yeah, overall, two out of five. Wasn't much there. Um, but I did really enjoy the Stasis trailer. That got probably five out of five. I, I did really enjoy seeing that. And I'm excited to see what we get in the Reddit press kit trailer because I'm hearing good things. So um, that's my score this week. And before we wrap things up for the evening, I do want to share with our audience where we can learn more about our guests on the show tonight. And Enigma, to kick things off, where can we learn more about you? Uh, I'm on pretty much every social platform as Enigma AMC. Um, I, yeah, that being Twitter, Twitch being my most active places, but also Discord and uh, YouTube, Instagram. So yeah, no, any, any of those places. And uh, I'll, uh, I'm always uh, open to any kind of conversations and debates and DMs. I'm not the kind of guy who likes to uh, close away from things. I like to sit and chat. So any, any of those locations. Very cool. And Anthrax, where can we learn more about you? Uh, well, obviously, I'd, I'm, I'm not a content creator, so um, I you know, kind of work a regular nine to five. But uh, if you want to catch me uh, on Reddit, Anthrax455, and uh, Discord, you can find me as well. So uh, yeah, just reach out if you want to chat about anything. Cool. Awesome. And you're also in our Discord server as well, so you can find you there as well. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? You can uh, follow me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79 and right here on the Destiny Show podcast every Thursday night. Awesome. And you can find the Destiny Show podcast on all major platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and everywhere. We're also on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And you can also find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. And Guardians, year one has officially ended. And thank you all for your support. And for joining us on the Destiny Show podcast. But fear not, we are just getting started. Year two kicks off next week, and we welcome the best in the world in the Destiny community. He is one of the best content creators and one of the best raiders in the world. He is glad. And we're going to welcome him on the show as we kick off year two of the Destiny Show. I want to thank you all for your support. It has been an amazing, amazing experience. Thank you so much for 49 amazing episodes. Uh, I am so grateful to every single one of you. You have made this experience amazing for me, and every Thursday is a joy, and it's an honor to be here to podcast and to share amazing stories with you. And Guardians, you can find me on Twitter at OMG Cornholio, and you can find us on the web at destinyshow.com. And thank you so much for tuning in to episode 49. 
And Guardians will be back next week for episode 50 with Glad. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you all next week. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Take care. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. The hosts at Robots Radio get a lot of questions from people who are interested in starting their own podcasts about how they can start, how they can grow their audiences, how they can create good content, even what microphone to use and what software to use, things like that. Well, We're changing things up at Robots Roundtable to talk and share about the things that we've learned, the things that work, and the things that don't. We're sharing with you our actual real-world experience. How can you launch a show like the Fallout Lorecast and get as many listeners as we did early on and rock it to the top of the charts on Apple Podcasts? How do you create a show in such a crowded marketplace as it is today, as opposed to 10 years ago? We're getting together every week to share our answers with you. Just look up The Podcast Professor, a robots roundtable with the hosts from Robots Radio. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. Since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.